Lincoln running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Live on the Exeter and Mule Sports Networks, it's the 2023 edition of Exeter Muhlenberg Football. Sponsored by the new Birdies Inn, located at five points in Exeter, MikeDragosports.com, the best high school sports coverage in Berks County, and Margarita's Pizzeria in Laureldale. Now to the broadcast booth. We're putting the band back together. Here are your announcers. Dazzling Darren Ziner and ravishing Ryan Lineweaver. Good evening. Welcome to the Exeter Eagles Muhlenberg Mules Varsity Football pregame show on the Exeter and Mule Sports Networks brought to you by Jerry Gelliff Media. Tonight, the Exeter Eagles, the Muhlenberg Mules battle at the top of the hour. It all gets started after these messages. You're listening to the Exeter and Mules Sports Networks. The best Italian food in Muhlenberg can be found at Margarita's Restaurant and Bar, 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. You can get a great sit-down meal, pizza, sandwiches, burgers, wings, and so much more at Margarita's. The chicken and veal marcella are to die for, and the pasta is second to none. Plan your next meal or party at Margarita's. Stop in before or after the next game. That's Margarita's Restaurant and Bar. 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. You're listening to Ryan and Patrick on the Mule Sports Network. We're coming to you live. Laureldale, Pennsylvania, the campus of Muhlenberg High School for tonight's Section 2 league game between the Mules of Muhlenberg and the Eagles of Exeter. Back in the saddle again with my broadcast partner, ravishing Ryan Lineweaver. Yeah, I didn't choose that. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Producer Christopher Ziner to my right. I'm dazzling Darren Ziner. Uh, you know, the, the sequins there, not a good look for me. When I hear <laughs> the ravishing part, I go to my wrestling days. Oh, so yeah, here you yeah. are. You're ravishing Ryan Lineweaver. You've got, of course, nothing but the, the tights on. And, uh, you know, doing that little gyration thing. Uh, I really, <laughs> they can't see it. We're on the radio, so. Thank God for that. That would be great. And I'll even say classy Christopher Ziner. We're going to go classy Freddie Blassie on that one. If you don't know who it is, you're going to have to take a look. But, uh, Ryan, let's talk about tonight's game. Exeter comes into tonight's game. What's that? Oh, I was going to say, I think my grandpa told me about that. <laughs> you very well could have. <laughs> so Exeter comes into tonight's game undefeated in an 18-game regular season win streak, top five in the state in the Penn Live 5A rankings and the Division III 5A power rankings reigning Section 2 champions. Coach Matt Bauer leads, of course, Exeter in tonight's game. 3-0 and in league play, 6-0 and overall. Ryan, it's the type of night that if Muhlenberg has a few tricks up their sleeves, they better use them. Yeah, we've seen the past couple of weeks how things have gone for them. Now, they won at Lebanon back on the 15th, but since then, a pair of 42-point losses. So, it's I called it before the season that this was the murderer's row uh, portion of the season, and that's really what it's amounted to for Muhlenberg. Uh, you know, their first couple of games, you have some chances there. You had chances against Octorera and Redding to maybe pull out some victories. Ended up getting one on the road. And since then, yeah, you play Governor Mifflin, who can run the ball down your throat. You got uh, Mannheim Central last week, uh, who's going to be up for a section crown uh, with with Exeter. Yeah, Exeter this week, 
Warwick, maybe a little bit of a reprieve next week, and then finishing against Efren and Conestoga Valley. But this <laughs> meet of the season is really, uh, you know, had the mules stumbling towards the uh, the finish line here. Absolutely, and they, they come to tonight's game going against Exeter. We talk about Exeter, and the big play is what really captures you. Last week, Exeter's first touchdown, an 82-yard quarterback scamper by Riley Martinez. And, you know, as I shared with you uh, off air, it was at a time when Warwick's defense was actually holding Exeter pretty well. They don't score until uh, literally the second quarter, ultimately tying it up at seven at that point, 10.08 of the second. Pashley intercepts a ball. Then they get a fourth and 11 on the Warriors 21. They get a touchdown from Martinez to Stutzman. But something that Exeter has been able to do all year, Ryan, is when they need it most, they've been able to find a big play. That's part of the equation, isn't it? Is obviously you have your games, you go out there, you need to do well, uh, you know, in between those moments. But those moments are what matter an awful lot during these football games. And for them to be able to turn the tide like that, hey, that says a lot to uh, the players that they have on the field, a lot of the, uh, the character that they have. A 28-21 Exeter victory. Riley Martinez left that game late in the third. A scary shot. He's actually okay. He'll start tonight. He finished last week's game 8 of 14, 134 yards, passing a touchdown, five carries for 108 yards in the TD. Jaden Zandier was the workhorse, 18 carries, 93 yards in a TD. Ryan, Exeter's averaging 220. They had 216 last week on 30 carries, 7.2 yards. That's going to be the big challenge for Muhlenberg tonight. Yeah, it sounds like great news. Last week, Mannheim Central ran for a buck 99 on the ground against uh, against the Mules, and then the week before that, it was even worse uh, going up against Governor Mifflin, where they punched in uh, 356 yards total on the ground. You want to know how many they threw for? <laughs> 35. But 356 on the ground out of their 391. So, yeah, I mean, if Exeter is going to uh, to make hay and limit any type of big plays, any type of surprises that might come from Muhlenberg, it's just keeping them off the field, which they can do easily uh, with the running attack. Uh, Zandir has come through incredibly. He's a sophomore, right? He's a sophomore. He's been a surprise for Exeter at the beginning of the season. We really didn't know who was going to be in that backfield. Well, I just remember him as being backup tight end last year, you know, like third string tight end behind his brother. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, interesting that they stuck him in the backfield and seems to be paying dividends so far. We knew that uh, Pharrell Caceres and you had Zumar, uh, Zamar Paschal yep. and Zumar Boston, got to make sure I say it all correct. So we knew they had the, the horses in the backfield in order to start, but – Jaden Zandier has really been a nice surprise. He's taken the reins, hasn't he? He's done uh, an incredible job. And taking a look at his stats, I mean, he's run the bulk of the uh, the plays out of the backfield for him. So, I mean, he's going to be your workhorse back the entire rest of the year. I mean, he has 39 carries. I mean, Caceres has uh, 46, but certainly you can feel the tide kind of turning towards, all right, Zandier's averaging 10.1 yards a carry. Maybe we need to feed this kid. He has seven touchdowns on the year on 39 touches from the ground. I mean, you're not going to get much better than that. That's right. And add to that as far as the receiving end, you've got Genuine Stutzman last week, four catches, 66 yards and a TD. Nate Pashley, Carter Redding. So you add that talented backfield, a really good offensive line opening those holes. 
talented guys who can bring the ball in out in the secondary, and it's really a juggernaut hard to stop. It is. I mean, I remember Zandier last year coming out of that, uh, kind of working out of the slot a little bit, that second tight end uh, position. And, I mean, he was averaging darn near, what, 18, 20 yards a catch, uh, working down the seam, virtually just seam routes, routes the entire year and uh, making everyone pay for it. He's an incredibly uh, gifted athlete, especially at, you know, kind of a tight end position. He's a big target at six foot five, correct? He is, yeah. And uh, two thirty, yeah. That's yeah, a big he's, boy. A, he's a big boy. So when you have a big target like like that out there, and we talked about it an awful lot last year about how incredibly easy it is for a new quarterback coming in yet again to have just a big target that he can find on the field at any time. It, it's such a godsend for the Exeter Eagles to have a target like that that you just throw it up and you know that he's coming down. Absolutely. We, the, the defense speaks for themselves, 10 INTs on the year. They're ranked number 10 in total defense in the league, so obviously Muhlenberg is going to have their work cut out for them this evening. We'll talk about them in a second, and we will have more of those pregame comments after these messages. You're listening to the Exeter and Mule Sports Networks on Jerry Gelliff Media. Every team, every game, all season long. That's the kind of unmatched Berks County football coverage MikeDragosSports.com brings to you, and it's just a click away. For profiles of the top players in Berks football, season previews of every Berks team, projections for every team in the Lancaster Lebanon League, team photo galleries, and history and stats you can't find anywhere else, turn to MikeDragosSports.com. Take advantage of our seven-day free trial from now through the end of the month. Football coverage you can't find anywhere else. That's MikeDragosSports.com. You're listening to Ryan and Patrick on the Mule Sports Network. Talking about the Mules, Anthony Zappola will get the start at QB. So, Ryan, tell us what you know about him. Yeah, so Zappola has been the primary backup this year. He'll come in support of Aiden Lopez. Lopez was unfortunately carted off the field against Governor Mifflin. He is back on the sideline uh, this week, which is encouraging to, to see. He's right there wearing his number two jersey. So happy to see him out there after a brief stint there at Tower Health. And, uh, yeah, so you bring in West Zappola, or sorry, not West Zappola, he was a former writer for the Reading Eagle, <laughs> Anthony Sapola. There we go. Uh, completing about 50% of his passes, and he's a little bit more, uh, dare you say it, uh, has a little bit more gumption to throw down the field uh, than Aiden Lopez did. You'll see Sapola trying to throw some bombs out there, and he's not very gun-shy when it comes to uh, trying to sling the rock around. Uh, Muhlenberg does have two of the top receivers in Section 2 by virtue of their spread offense. So they, they're trying to provide options just by saying, hey, spread out the field. You're going to create space that way and create one-on-one matchups. And that's what they've been trying to do with guys like Isaiah Dotson, guys like Mike Miller. Mikey Miller was one of those guys coming in. We didn't quite know where he fit in. We just knew that he was a superb athlete, and they were going to try to get the ball in his hands as much as humanly possible. And, well, here he is, 26 receptions for uh, 282 yards, 12 yards a catch, two touchdowns to his credit. And then he has 27 carries as well with the score. So uh, he's the guy that you need to look out for. They haven't used him an awful lot out of the backfield lately. They've been working with Jake Torek. Uh, Torek 
has had a really tough time trying to get going. He's more of a between-the-tackles type of kid. Uh, Mike Miller likes to bounce things to the outside. So you'll get a couple of different looks with the offense, but really that spread offense is made to throw the football. And for lack of better judgment sometimes, they try to throw the football to open up the run rather than the opposite way. Uh, so you'll see Sapola go out, throw the ball three straight times, have a three and out, take 12 seconds off the clock, and Muhlenberg will try to punt it away. We've seen that time and time again. Hopefully not tonight. If you, they want to have any success against Exeter, you need to run the football. You need to control the clock. And we'll see what they do here with a mix of Torek and Miller. You mentioned as far as Torek and Miller in the backfield. Let's take a look at the receivers. You've got Isaiah Dotson and Michael Miller, those the two primaries. Ryan, what do you know about them? So I, Dotson's a little bit more of a uh, possession type of wide out. Mikey Miller, a little bit more uh, splashy. They try to move him around the formation a little bit. Keep him in the backfield, have him motion across, uh, work him out of the slot, near slot, far slot, whatever. They, they try to move him all over the place to get him good looks on the field. It's a varying levels of success. And then you do have somebody like Kyle Archie, uh, who isn't mentioned an awful lot. He does only have eight catches, but that dude is one of the best athletes out on the field that Muhlenberg has to offer. He's a superb cornerback. We've seen him go one-on-one -on -one against number one wideouts, uh, including Aaron Enterline last week, and he did a, a pretty good job against somebody that's looking at low D1, high D2 offers. So, uh, you know, outside of that, they have a, a pretty decent receiving core, all in all. We're getting ready for the national anthem, so we'll go silent. Abu Mariba and Jordan Sarita. Nice job there by the Muhlenberg High School Band. One of the best in Burks. Our national anthem. We talk about some keys to the game, and obviously there are some obvious ones, but some that are, I'll say, maybe a little hidden as far as Exeter is concerned. You can speak to Muhlenberg, but penalties. Penalties for Exeter. Now they've had 45 on the year for 525 yards. Last week, 11 for 115 against Warwick. The week before, 10 for 120 against Lebanon. Prior to that, 15 for 125 against Governor Mifflin. And it's something that drives Coach Bauer mad. And, of course, any coach would be driven nuts by those numbers. But trying to get your players focused, yes, okay, 
we're supposed to win these games, but at the same time, you got to do it with discipline. Yeah, we saw that last year with Exeter, didn't we? Mm -hmm. The uh, the early schedule where you're playing Boone and Boyertown and West York, and we're just sitting here looking at each other saying, what are they doing? <laughs> because they were really struggling, especially when it came to racking up you know, yellow laundry on the field. Uh, that was one of the things that really kind of haunted them during their first games. Now they made it unscathed. They went undefeated, you know, obviously through the regular season. But, you know, all in all, that was one of the things that we looked at. We're like, way too many penalties. For Muhlenberg, that hasn't been their problem. Uh, it hasn't been the penalties. They actually stayed in that game against Mannheim Central maybe a little bit longer than they should have based on Mannheim Central penalties. Uh, but mostly it's been mental miscues from Muhlenberg that has really held them back, as you see. Players struggling to pick the ball up off the ground. Now we'll finally be gang tackled around the 30, which is where Muhlenberg will start. Sorry to bleed into your play-by-play. -play. That's all right. Jacob Franick kicks it off for Exeter, going right to left. Taken by Muhlenberg. They bring it out to the 30-yard line. We'll see where they actually put it. More like the 33. And that's where Muhlenberg will take over first and 10. Muhlenberg in their dark blue, gold helmets, gold letters and numbering. Exeter all white, navy blue. Torok in the gun, motion from left to right, two receivers right. He looks right on the pass, throws it incomplete. Aiden Dauble able to break it up. They try to hit Mike Miller in the flat at the right number. Yeah, so they originally started out two wide receivers to either side. They put Miller in motion, put him into the slot, and then he basically continued that motion, kind of coming out into the flat, and that time Dobble uh, didn't realize that he played football too. He does. Actually changed numbers from last year, number 13 this year. I only remember him from basketball, so that's exciting. Oh, he was a fantastic player down the stretch for the state championship runner-up. Exeter team. So Mielenberg breaks the huddle. Yeah, they're coming over to John Lorchak, and it's interesting to see what they're trying to talk about. Torok will be in the gun. I'm sorry, Sapola will be in the gun. Torok will be next to him. Yeah, I think they're trying to motion up here to the press box. They were trying to say like one and one. It looks like the clock stopped at 14.50. I don't see it running. I mean, obviously, on the incomplete pass. Incomplete pass, it would stop. And right. That didn't take many seconds off the clock. No, not at all. Some, I mean, are they saying that 11 seconds should have come off the clock and it should be 14.49? Are they going to squabble over one second? Can't imagine they'd <laughs> do that, but a considerable delay here as the official stands over the ball taking a look. Well, we got to pump back up to 15 minutes. That's wrong. So they are they're getting there. setting the clock. And they're getting there. And now it says 11.50. 11.50 there we it go. is. All right. So second and 10 for Muhlenberg. Sapola will be in the gun. Tarek sidecar right. Two receivers right. One left. Here's the snap. Now you got trips right, actually. Uh, okay, there is a third. Throwing it deep on the left side. He's going to... Uh, trying to hit the receiver. That's Maldueno. He He's got Maldueno. it. It looked like they called it incomplete. Uh -huh. It most certainly did. It was a diving attempt there by Maldueno. 
doubles up as their uh, kicker as well, by the way. High school sports is great. But nearly a diving effort there as Sapola airing it out down around the 40-yard line. Would have flipped the field had it been completed. Nice pass. One of those, if he would have been able to turn a shoulder, he probably would have brought that one in. But pretty much a Superman-type catch. Ball hits the ground incomplete. So third and 10, ball still on the 33, Sapola in the gun. Trips right, single left. He's back to pass, fires it over the middle. It's a little too high. Trying to hit either Miller or Dodson over the middle. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine because it went right between the it two of them. It was between the two of them, so <laughs> it's one of those pick a number and guess. And that was one, Muhlenberg's offensive line holding up to the challenge there as Exeter sent a, an, at least one extra body trying to split that A-gap right up the middle. And thankfully, Muhlenberg up to the challenge that time. Gave Sapola enough time to throw, just unable to complete the pass. The challenge there, only 20 seconds ticking off the clock. Well, what did I say about the potential for three straight pass plays, three and out, and about 10, 12 seconds off the clock? Uh, here it is in motion. So we've got Jaden Zandier and Nate Pashley back deep for Exeter. Actually, it's Nigel Meekins and Jaden Zandier. Timeout called. I think there was some confusion on the Muhlenberg side. So 11.40 to go here in the first. That gives us time to step away for a quick break. You're listening to the Exeter and Mule Sports Networks. Football season and the new Birdies Inn is your place for all the big games. Featuring more than 30 TVs and NFL Sunday ticket so you won't miss a single game, college or pro. Entertainment every day of the week. Good food, good service, good prices and great people. That's the new Birdies Inn. Located at Five Points in Exeter, 160 Old Friedensburg Road, where they remind you to have fun and be kind. You're listening to Ryan and Patrick on the Mule Sports Network. We're back here in Laureldale. Javier Mayen got the kick away. It ultimately rolls dead about the 38-yard line. Well, we'll call it the 37. I think bounced sideways when it hit the ground. There were two Exeter defenders on that ball. I was waiting for the block, but somehow it got through. So Riley Martinez... Actually, I think they're doing a wildcat formation with Jaden Zandier. They are. He's running off the left side. He's got the 40. He'll get it to the 44. There is a flag down on the field somewhere in the vicinity of a hold there around the 39-yard line. And we talked about penalties being an issue for Exeter the very first play of the evening. It'll be a hold. It'll back him up 10. It was right in that vicinity, wasn't it? Absolutely was. Jaden Zandier running around left end. And, of course, when you're trying to seal that end, it's real easy to grab them once they've beaten you, and apparently that's what happened. So take the ball back to the 30-yard line. It'll make it first and about 17. 
never good when you shoot yourself in the foot right away. Welcome to the club. Exeter breaks the huddle, comes out over the ball. Martinez in the gun. He's got Zandier behind him. Single receivers right and left. Martinez rolling right, looking, rolling. Decides to go down. His feet go out. Not sure if he was trying to make a move or not. But nice play there. Number 51. Romeo Grulin. Romeo Grulin. So it's going to be an even further loss. Looks like of about four. Take it back to the 26-yard line. It's going to be second and 20. Martinez trying to go deep. Nothing there. Nice defense. Yeah, he was rolling out to his right, couldn't see anything there, and then rather than tucking and running, decides to just go down. Here's a handoff to Zandir trying the left side. He turns around, goes to the right, got the 35. He'll get to about the 37 where he's taken down. So it's an 11-yard gain. Well, maybe not quite as much. Maybe it'll be something like a nine-yard gain. And we'll make it third and about, we'll say a long 10. Yeah, it got up to around the, what would that be, 37? I think that's, so. yeah, it was 11 yards. Yep. Zandir, Barry Sanders-esque, bumping into a couple of defenders, reversing course and making garbage out of gold. Of Here's Martinez dropping back, fires it to the right side. Everybody just running posts. The ball's short. It's incomplete. It'll force Exeter to punt. And he's kind of lucky, too, because J.B. Ortiz was in that vicinity, and he was jumping for that one, whether or not anyone was around him or not. Fourth and ten for Exeter. It was basically two wide receivers running the exact same route right next to each other. They could have held hands down the right sideline. And the one thing you never want to do is get too very close on your pattern. So Frannick back to punt. It's in the air. It'll bounce about the 39, takes an Exeter roll to about the Mule 35, and that's where they'll take over first and 10. 9.38 to go here in the first. We're scoreless. Well, we'll see if they come out and decide to pass three times in a row. I would imagine that they'll mix in a run here on first down just to keep them honest. You would hope so. Even just to take a little time off the clock. This is this is one of those games where, you know what, credit Muhlenberg already. They, they actually had a very nice defensive stand there. Exeter didn't help themselves, of course, by the penalty. But Exeter, or excuse me, Muhlenberg does a nice job of holding them and they get the ball back. So Sapola's going to be in the gun. Sidecar left, two right, two left. Here's the handoff to Tora coming to the near side. Not a whole lot there. Nice job. Alex Pinero on the left side. So give him a, about three yards on it. Bring it out to the 38-yard line. Yeah, that time they moved Dotson in motion across the formation, fake the pop pass to him coming across, and instead handing off the Torek, hoping that it would drag the defense with Dotson, especially with that motion, and it uh, just didn't happen. Gain of three. Mielmer breaks the huddle. Sapola in the gun again. Sidecar left, two receivers right, two left. Here's the snap. Mike Miller has it on a toss sweep to the left, trying to find some room. Nothing there. He is gang tackled. A flag comes in late. Logan Wegman, Cameron Howizak 
on the right side, but a face mask against Exeter. Oof. That'll be a first down. Oh, you had him. I'm, I'm, yes. See, now this is one of those where, as you know, Jerry Gelliff, of course, is in the house. And if something isn't quite right, he'll make sure he lets us know. So I've been saying Mike Miller, but what, what's what's my transgression? He, he actually there? does go by Mikey. He goes. We Mikey. did ask him on the so. uh, the preseason pod, and he said that he actually likes going by Mikey. So. All right. So Mikey, it will be. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Hey, I'm going to call the man what he wants to be called. We're, we're, so we're not here to you know create waves, anything like that. So it's second and three, with the ball marked at the and. 43 yard line. It's a handoff up the middle. He's got some room. It's going to be close to a first down. Indeed it is. He's got it because the Exeter defender literally spun him and threw him across the first down line to gain. So, yeah, first down Muhlenberg. Never would have thought that uh, Muhlenberg gets a first down before Exeter does on their second possession. Here we are. Brave New World. First and 10 Muhlenberg ball on their own 46-yard line. Cipolla will come out in the gun. Tarek will be sidecar right, two receivers left, one right, actually three to the left. They try to run Tarek to the left. Not a whole lot there. They're going to get him behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they're really struggling to protect that edge, trying to go outside. This one's going to be a loss of, what, two, three? Uh, yeah, it looks uh, the better part of three there, so it'll bring up second and 13. Yeah, because immediately you, you could see Aiden Dobble was already to the spot before the running back was. He burst through the backfield, and you're just like, all right, this is just uh, what's going to happen now. And like I said, they need to try a little bit more between the gaps up the middle. They haven't tried that yet, so... You know, keep poking and prodding at this Exeter defense. We'll talk about Exeter's size on the defensive line in a moment, but is going to be in the gun. He's going to have sidecar Torek to his right, two receivers left, two right. Here's the snap. It's a double reverse. Mike, Mikey Miller trying to come near side, but there is absolutely nothing there. Exeter gets penetration, forces him back even further. Inside the 40, maybe they give him the 40, depending on which official you're looking at. Give him the 39. It's going to be a loss of four and make it third and 17. I think that was Nate Govan, the second, giving him a chase that time around, and that was why that play was blown up in the backfield. So we're looking third and 17 with the ball now on the Mule 39-yard line. Cipolla will come out in the gun. Torek will be sidecar left, two receivers left, right. He drops straight back. He's looking right. He fires right. It's in between two receivers, and that's, it falls incomplete. That's because Dotson trying to uh, punctuate that stop there, and coming back for the football ends up sliding five yards on his behind. So incomplete, fourth down. Muhlenberg will be forced to punt. Javier Mayan, a 5'9", 160-pound senior, does the kicking for Muhlenberg. Back deep for Exeter will be Nigel Meekins and Jaden Zandier. It would be great to just not punt to either of them. Awaiting the snap. The kick's away. It's a line drive. Meekins has it. Takes it at his 35. He's got the 40. 
still fighting. He'll get to about the 45-yard line, so a 10-yard return, and that's where Exeter will take over first and 10. I think Sapola was in on the stop there, <laughs> literally hanging on for dear life, tackled him immediately, and then just went along for the ride. So we talk about the size that Exeter has on the offensive line. When you take a look, Logan Wegman, he's a junior, 6'5", 246. Matthew McConnell, the center, 6'2", 255. He's a senior. His twin brother, you can guess he's close, 6'2", 248. Here's a handoff to Jaden Zandier, bursting right up the middle. He's got a lot of room to run into Muhlenberg territory inside the 40. There's a flag on the play, and it's another hold against Exeter. Yeah, that one coming around the 49-yard line right before he burst into Muhlenberg territory, and that one's a stunner, unfortunately, for Exeter because it really takes back what was a, a stunning run there by Zandir. I mean, he was galloping through the middle there like he was shot out of a cannon and uh, reverses all of it, unfortunately. It negates the 17-yard run. Takes the ball back inside Eagle territory to about the 38-yard line. So call it first and full ballpark at 17. Martinez in the gun. The right side of Muhlenberg's defensive line jumps. The flag thrown, and it is going to be five against the Mules. Football gods giveth and taketh away on back-to-back -back plays. Indeed they do. Or the opposite if you're uh, an Exeter fan, I guess. <laughs> I'm still calling this kind of from the Muhlenberg perspective. As so. you should, as you should. So first and about 12. We'll get ours in the second second quarter. That's right. The ball in the 43, the handoff to Zandir going right. He's got the 50, the 45. That's where he's brought down. We'll see if they give him the 45. If they do, it's a first down for Exeter. Yeah, it was JV and Cruz in on the stop that time. Probably one of the smallest players out there on the field, making one of the bigger stops. There's a 17-yard run. Oh, I didn't even have to cross out the run from last time. How about that? First and 10 Exeter, ball on the mule 45. Martinez in the gun. He's going to hand it off to Zandir running off the left side this time. Holding on for dear life yeah, and able to, yeah, able to get some help there. Holding him to a short gain, it'll bring up second down. And that's why, if you're Exeter, you probably don't want to run up the gut an awful lot because Wes Clemison is an outstanding linebacker in the middle of this Muhlenberg defense. He's downhill. We talked to his parents uh, last week, Pat and I did. Uh, they came up in to the press box to, to talk to us and thank us for what we do. And they were just like, yeah, his idol growing up. Dick Buckkiss, who recently just passed away. How so about that? Here's a handoff, but it's not a clean one. Martinez never had it. Tried to basically play hot potato to Zandir. He's able to corral it, but he can't get anywhere. He'll ultimately lose, I'm going to say, about three yards. It's going to make it pretty darn close to third and ten. Yeah, probably a blade of grass between that third down marker and... <laughs> <laughs> the original line of scrimmage here. So, Just inside the Mule 45, Martinez will line up in the gun. But I think they had too many men in the huddle, so they're going to have to call timeout. Yeah, he had one uh, eagle trying to scamper off the field just in time and unable to do so. 
4.07 to go here in the first. We're scoreless. You're listening to the Exeter and Mule Sports Networks on Jerry Gellif Media. Why don't you turn me loose so I can run away? Why don't you turn me loose? Musso's Italian Restaurant in St. Lawrence brings the variety. Whether you want a sandwich, a burger, pizza, wings, or a full Italian dinner with seafood favorites, Musso's delivers the goods. Try their linguine pomodoro, fettuccine and shrimp, and yucky and meatballs or veal and chicken dishes galore. All cooked with care and at a family-friendly price. That's Musso's Italian Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue. Call 610-779-7300. That's 610-779-7300. Martinez in the gun. There's the snap handoff to Pharrell Caceres. Actually a fake. Goes it to Zach Zandier on the right side. Nice job on the fake. Zandier makes the catch inside the mule 30 on the far right side. Nice job. Caceres did a nice job of faking the handoff as well. And Martinez hits Zach Zandier. We'll see where they spot it. Right on the 25. So a 20-yard pass to Zach Zandier. And it's first and 10. Here's a handoff. It's going to be Pharrell Caceres running off the left end. He'll get inside the 10-yard line. Mark him down at the eight. There's a 17 yard run. And just like that, it's first and goal for Exeter. Floodgates starting to open here on the Muhlenberg defense. And we were talking how slow it is for Exeter some weeks. And you know, once they get that first touchdown, they start rolling and knocking on the doorstep here, just eight yards out. First and goal, Martinez in the gun. He's got Caceres behind him. He'll take the handoff running right. He's going to get the five-yard line, still battling, still on his feet. I can't believe they didn't stop it yet. We'll see where they ultimately give him. Yeah, he had about six mules trying to drive him back. And, you know, at any point in time, you can blow that whistle. <laughs> so a three-yard run for Pharrell Caceres. So it'll bring up second and goal with the ball at the five-yard line. 2.50 to go here in the first. Martinez gets the play call from the sideline. He joins the huddle. Pharrell Caceres is going to join him in the backfield. Muhlenberg tried to send in a sub from the sideline. The side judge says no, sends him back. So I think they have to, they're bringing in the original player. Yeah, it was Blanca trying to get in there. We'll have to sit out a play. Martinez in the gun. He's going to hand it off to Caceres, running off the right side. There's a hole. He gets into the end zone. It's touchdown, Eagles. Yeah, so good there by Ryan McConnell. He seals off that edge and just creates a gigantic gap right off his right side for him to burst through and take it in for the score. 6 nothing in favor of Exeter. 2.27 to go here in the first. Ryan, could that be a moral victory that Muhlenberg, for the better part of a quarter, at least kept him off the board? Did have it last week where we did keep uh, Mannheim Central off the board and at least somewhat close for, for a little bit, and then the floodgates opened at one point. So, uh, I mean, look, this Muhlenberg defense is not the worst thing about this team. They are actually a very decent defense, all things considered, and 
unfortunately, they're just going up against some really, really good competition uh, in the upper echelon here of Section 2. Indeed they are. It was a low snap. Robbie Gaston couldn't get it over the defensive line. It's blocked. So no good on the PAT. It's 6-0. You'll have Archie, and that is Cruz back there. As yeah, Mikey Miller nowhere to be seen. Jake Frannick will put the ball on the tee. Yeah, Miller's still here. He's sitting out on the sideline around the 30-yard line, just not in the game. So usually he is that second returner there next to Archie, and trying to mix it up. Maybe uh, Exeter will actually dare kick it deep if somebody not named Mikey Miller is back there to receive. We've had that an awful lot this year, that they're kicking to really that second row of, uh, of guys, either squib kicks or just short kicks, and uh, trying to keep it out of the playmaker's hands. So Frannick has it in the air. It'll come down around the 25-yard line, coming all the way across. The first player there will take him down. It's Cameron Howizak. Javian Ortiz on the return for Muhlenberg. They're going to mark the ball about the 20 or the 18-yard line. Well, let's see if they give him the 20. Put the ball around the 18-yard line. That's what we'll call it. And that's where the Mules will have it first and 10. Close enough. Gillenberg over the ball, Sapola in the gun. He's got Torek sidecar left. Two receivers right, two left. Here's the snap. He's rolling left, looking, throwing left. He hits Dotson on the far side. Almost splits two defenders. Good speed after the catch. Bring it out to about the 28-yard line. Looking to see if that's going to be a first down. It will not. They're... Just shy. Just shy. So give him nine on it. Second and one with the ball on the 27-yard line. On that time, they're just using the space that that sideline provided them. They were on the other hash mark on the right-hand side of the field, so they go to the left-hand side. They have Melduino basically on the sideline as close as he can get, which provides an awful lot of extra space there for Dotson to work on the uh, – flashing out there into the flat. They try to run Torek around left end, but as we've seen, absolutely nothing there. In fact, probably loses a few yards. Seeing where they spot the ball, somewhere around the 27-yard line. Looks like a loss of one. Yeah, there's just nothing out there. I mean, this Exeter defense swarming to the football. We saw them do that all of last year. Uh, when we were calling together, and this year, really no different. They're just swarming wherever the ball is, and they just they send guys, they send pressure, and they crush down on anyone trying to run the football against them. Third and two with the ball in the 26. Sapola in the gun. There's trips right, single left. There's the snap. He's rolling right. He's looking, still looking, still looking. Now he Fires has a man. It. Had Mikey Miller. He did. And Pharrell Caceres, the ball was overthrown. It hits Caceres. He can't come up with it, but it'll be fourth down, and the Mules will have to kick it away. Yeah, Miller coming across there. He's right around the 40-yard line, and he was open because there were two very distinct lines of defenders. There was one in front of him and one behind him, 
it's a really tough play for West Sapola, especially to make it on the run like he was doing, rolling out to his right, better than his left, but rolling out to his right, trying to throw off his back foot, and unfortunately just behind Mikey Miller. Fourth and two with the ball on their own 26-yard line. We'll see if they kick it away. Indeed, they do. It's a high kick. It'll come down, and it hits, and it hits, hits the uh, defender. It hits Sapola. At the so, 48. yeah, they need to go pick that up. It's a free ball at that point. <laughs> it was. Point. It was a free ball, and nobody cared, so except it, for Exeter. <laughs> it hits Sapola on the Mule 48-yard line. It took an Exeter bounce uh, inside the 45, and that's where there was a scramble for it. So they're going to put the ball at the 40, we'll say the 43-yard line. Forty-three and a half. There you go. Forty-three of the mules. First and ten. We're under a minute to go here in the first. Riley Martinez in the gun. He's got Jaden Zandier behind him. Single receiver to the left. Genuine stud Stutzman is slot left. Here's a pitch to Zandier running around the left. He's got the 40, the 35, the 30. He's pushed out of bounds. They're going to give him the 28-yard line. It's a 15-yard run for Jaden Zandier. Is this what it's like every week for you guys? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And he's quick. He, he hits a hole at probably as fast as anybody does in Burks. God, I sounded like I was like 85 years old saying that. Boy, that kid's a really young whippersnapper. Look at him go. First and 10 on the 28. There's the snap handed off to Zandier. This time he's running right. He's got room. Gets around the corner, still on his feet, trying to bring him down, and he gets into the end zone. A 28-yard touchdown run for Jaden Zandier. And it's 12-0 Exeter. 28 seconds to go here in the second. Yeah, and that time, once again, uh, they do a little uh, nice little trap play there, which is yeah, actually pretty clever at this level. Uh, but he had a little trap play, ended up going off right guard. And once he went off there, bounced off a whole bunch of uh, offensive linemen. And after he bounces it outside, he's so good at, at doing that, especially here this evening where he's got 71 yards on six touches. <laughs> so he's doing all right for himself. But, yeah, they're going for two here, trying Mart to make it 14. Martinez under center. Throws it over the middle to Zach Zandier. He's got it. And the two-point conversion is good. That time Zandier just down the seam. Cool, calm, collected. Got two on the board. 28 seconds to go here in the second. 14-0 Exeter. You're listening to the Exeter and Mule Sports Networks. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. 
You're listening to Ryan and Patrick on the Mule Sports Network. Jake Frannick puts the ball <laughs> in the air. And actually, it's a short <laughs> kick. Goes off a Muhlenberg defender, oh and Exeter God. has it at the Mule 40. That ball clanged off a defender. It was a line drive kick, literally clanged off a defender, sprung straight up into the air about 10 yards before finally crashing back down to the earth. Exeter able to recover. I would not suggest trying to use that as a designed, you know, onside kick. That is true. It's not going to work. Most times it won't. Yeah, you, you give that line drive out there, and, of course, the defender is turning his shoulder mm -hmm. and trying to set up a return. So Martinez in the gun. I think that's Pharrell Caceres coming off the end. So Martinez tries to run it up the middle. There's nothing there. He's taken down. And I think Exeter might have given it one shot. Now they're going to let the clock run. And that'll do it for the first quarter. We've played one here in Laureldale. It's Exeter 14, Muhlenberg nothing. We'll be back with Ryan in second quarter action after these messages. You're listening to the Mule and Exeter Sports Networks. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the oldies on Monday, open mic Tuesday, trivia or live music on Wednesday, Thursday is karaoke with Angie, and live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdies' Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. You're listening to Muhlenberg Football on the Mule Sports Network. Hey, it is the Mule Sports Network now, isn't it? It absolutely <laughs> is. Just like we used to do, we'll swap places here. I'll do play-by-play -play for the second and fourth quarters. You'll get to hear Darren again at some point in time. Handoff, once again, is to Caceres. Caceres trying to bounce it outside. Slips one tackle, ends up getting tackled by Torek. And he'll wind his way down to around the 31-yard line, about a yard shy of a first down. Nice job there, Wes Clemison on the right end. Had a handful of jersey to slow him down, allowing the defense. He still picked up nine, but good pressure off the right end, just not enough to be able to contain him until help got there for a shorter game. Well, they actually will call it a first down. How about that? So Exeter may need to hold up a little bit here as the chain gang still in motion. Now Martinez fakes the handoff, looking back, surveys the field, looks over to the right-hand side. He has Zach Zandier, who makes the catch. He will be just shy of a touchdown as his knee touched just before the end zone. But one heck of a pitching catch there, 29 yards from Martinez to Zandier. Something that Riley Martinez has been doing all season long with the beautiful touch, but there is laundry on the near side of the field. So we'll see if this is obviously something against Exeter. They're all walking back. It depends where the flag was thrown at, and I can't quite see. It looked like it was about the 20, 25-yard line. Yep. 
our producer telling us illegal man downfield. We ran into that la the past couple of weeks, too, that just, you know, honestly, one of them was a really quick design passing play, which was kind of odd to see a, a guy down the field. You're like, what are you doing down there, buddy? But this one, a long developing play, and Exeter gets burned. Offensive lineman getting a little rambunctious. Brings up first down and 20 now on the 40-yard line as scratch off the 19-yard uh, catch off your bingo cards. Zach Zandier running a beautiful post route. Once again, handoff is to Caceres. Caceres weaving his way through traffic, and he going. 35-yard touchdown for Pharrell Caceres makes it 20 to nothing, Exeter. Yeah, that's one of those you hand it off to Pharrell. The offensive line on the left side, you've got Ryan McConnell, uh, on uh, probably Logan Wegman on the end, just opening up that hole, the center, Mc the other McConnell brother, and he's able to get right through there on the left side, run off to the post, and touchdown Exeter. Well, the thing is, part of it is Exeter's offensive line getting into that second level. By the time that... Uh, Caceres gets to that second level. There's nobody left. They're all blocked. So all he's looking for is just open green space. And that time he does. He started on the right-hand side, wound his way all the way to the left. Extra point is up and through. Makes it 21-0. So yeah, great vision by him. Able to bounce it around. Wind his way through traffic. And then once he's out, he just hits the gas and made it to that far pylon. 11.06 remaining here in the second quarter. 71 yards for Zandir, 68 for Caceres. Three touchdowns combined between the two running backs. That's right. Caceres is second on the day, of course, that 35-yard run. And earlier in the first quarter, a five-yard TD run. It's all these touchdowns within the last, uh, I'd say, about seven minutes of game time. Started around 5.55. Sorry, that was Muhlenberg. Uh, two, sorry, even less than that. 227 is when they scored the first touchdown to Exeter, and then at 45 seconds, and now at 11.06 remaining here in the second. That's what Exeter's done. They've gotten them in bunches. It's They've started off slowly, as we saw in this game, and then once they started putting points on the board, it's just basically a, a windfall. Frannick boots it away. That one goes off of Cruz, I believe. Picked up by JV and Cruz then. Able to scoot across the 20-yard line. About the 21 is where Muhlenberg will start with 10.58 left here in the second. JV and Cruz of 5'6", 150-pound junior. Arguably the smallest person on the field at any given point in time. But you know it's the smallest ones who are the speediest ones. You give him a football, and as you saw right there, he's able to get across the field pretty darn quickly. I think the only player smaller than him uh, that I've seen this year, I called an Anvil Cleona an Elko game, and Coach Bob Miller uh, for Elko, his daughter plays football for the team, and she sprung out as a wide receiver, made a catch, got a first down. She was by far the smallest on the field. This time a little pitch and catch to Mikey Miller, tries to uh, stutter step his way Closer to a first down marker. Gets maybe five. Zach Zandier stringing it out to the near side. Able to make the tackle as he goes out of bounds. Game about four. It was one of those uh, patented pop passes there. 
I mark him down as a pass. I don't care what you do at home. 10.52 remaining as the clock stops as Miller went out of bounds. Sapola in the gun. Stares at three wide receivers split out wide to his right-hand side. I would assume Alduena is down here on the left, and he is. Sapola looking down the middle, looking at the seam. Nice jumping catch by Mikey Miller. Goes up and snags it out of midair around the 40-yard line. And Muhlenberg, their second first down of the game. Nice job, Mikey Miller, holding on to that one. After he made the grab, he's hit by genuine Stutzman, who goes 6'4", 205, and also... Zach Zandier, who goes 6'6", 235, so he goes up high to get it, takes a shot from both of them and holds on. Nicely done there by Mikey Miller, and we've been seeing the playbook open up a little bit as time has gone along here week over week. This time the handoff is to Mikey Miller in the backfield, able to maneuver through traffic, has a first down. Genuine Stutzman and Joel Amarino ultimately get to him on the near side, but not until, as you mentioned, he picks it up. It's a first down for Muhlenberg. Takes it from the 41-yard line inside enemy territory here to the 48 gain of 11 yards. That was just a lot of Miller being patient. He was following his blockers, not trying to do too much out of there, not trying to get ahead of him, and that time he reaps the benefits. Two wide receivers split out to the right and left. Miller in the backfield. Snap goes over and above Sapolo, who just needs to dive on it around the 40. So, again, before the game, we talked about, uh, well, during the game, we talked about penalties for Exeter. What has it been for Muhlenberg? There you go. Mental mistake. They've had a bunch of snaps go up and over, whether they're quarterback, whether they're punter. Uh, that's really what did him in against Daniel Boone. They had two punts deep in Blazer territory. Both of them went up and over the punter's head. One was recovered in the end zone for a touchdown, the other one on the three. So mental mistakes that time driving them all the way back. Second and 20, Sapola airing it out once again, and that one short-armed as they did have Shane Hoffman out in the vicinity. Goes off his mitts incomplete. Nigel Meekins, Carter Redding out there. Actually, Gavin Reiking. Able to knock it away. That one looked like he had the possibility of catching that one. This has been a very common theme now, getting into the later portions of the season for Muhlenberg, that they're taking more chances, especially with Sapola. But Sapola now feels confident enough to throw it into one-on-one -on -one situations and going let your wide receiver grab it because that's what he's actually been successful with lately. There you go. He finds Dotson on a slant play. Dotson spins his way down. It'll make it fourth and maybe about four. That's right. Nice job. He lined up on the right-hand side. Slight slant inside to the invisible hash marks. Gain of 15 to Dotson. Again, it's that playbook opening up a little bit. The, the further that we get into this season, the more that we can see Mikey Miller do, the more that we can see Isaiah Dotson do. And, uh, we're one in five, right? You're not doing anything this season, but it's largely a sophomore core to this team that are gaining the experience. They're going to come back next year as juniors with even more experience. And by the time that you're seniors, you're going to look at a pretty decent Muhlenberg team as they're taking their lifts here as Sapola fires it. And unfortunately, 
falls incomplete. Hoffman had a chance at it, but he had a dive to try to make the catch and unable to do so. Gavin Reiking on top of him, able to get a hand in there, make that catch a little bit harder. So a turnover on downs and Exeter takes over. But yeah, it's just the continuous development of this Muhlenberg team. And, you know, certainly you look at some of the scores and it doesn't reflect how they've changed. But, I mean, I've seen it with my eyes going from week one and struggling against Octorera and seeing what they're doing here and finally opening up, again, that playbook, a Christmas catalog of plays as Martinez taking off the left-hand side, going to beat Torek. Torek able to track him down after a gain of six or seven. Yeah, I'll take that quarterback keeper, go around left end out towards the far sideline. They'll mark him right at midfield. So yeah, give him a gain of just about seven. It'll be second and a long three. Clock ticks inside of eight minutes to play here in the first half. 21-0 Exeter as the handoff. This time to Zandir breaks one tackle. Unable to break a second, but gets the first down quite handily. Bursting down to the 41-yard line, nine-yard gain. Yeah, that's just a simple handoff going right up the middle. We do have a player down. Torek is taking a knee, and now he will fall to the to the uh, turf. And with 7.43 remaining, let's take a timeout ourselves, and we'll have some more Muhlenberg and Exeter football when we return here on the Muhlenberg and Exeter Sports Networks. The best Italian food in Muhlenberg can be found at Margarita's Restaurant and Bar, 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. You can get a great sit-down meal, pizza, sandwiches, burgers, wings, and so much more at Margarita's. The chicken and veal marcella are to die for, and the pasta is second to none. Plan your next meal or party at Margarita's. Stop in before or after the next game. That's Margarita's Restaurant and Bar. 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. It's the Mule Sports Network on Cherry Gallup Media. They stretch that one out to a first down, so gives Zandir 10 on it. It's first and 10 for Exeter on the Mule 40. Torek walks off the field under his own power. This time Martinez stepping back, leans into one, and going up for, was that Stutzman? It was, genuine Stutzman. Running to the goalpost, a little too far there. It's incomplete, second down. Yeah, they breed them different in Exeter Township, don't they? <laughs> when you talk yeah. about something in the water, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Now, the reason I'll say that is because Exeter has Chase Zandier, who is a sophomore. He goes 6'5", 303 for that offensive line. <laughs> That's not even fair. What is that family doing? Well, we didn't have that size. I mean, when I went to school, we didn't have those sizes on the offensive line. No, I mean, I mean, I remember my dad talking about playing like Lancaster Mennonite in soccer as they uh, toss it to Zandir, runs up the gut, and going to be near the sideline, still dancing and prancing his way around, finally taken down inside the 20. Good Lord. I remember him talking about Lancaster Mennonite. It was like boys against men playing Lancaster Mennonite all the time, even on the soccer field. He's like, those guys had full-grown beards. And here I am at like 15 years old playing soccer against them. You're like, yeah, freedom a little bit different down there. A 25-yard run 
for Zach Zandier takes the ball all the way to the 15 yard line. Zandier with that cracks the 100 yard tally, 105 by my count. Once again, working out of the gun. Fakes the handoff, throws out into the flat, has a man, has a wide open, genuine Stutzman who scampers into the end zone for touchdown number four of the day. It's 27-0 Exeter. That's a simple Riley Martinez takes the snap, fakes the handoff, rolls right. Genuine Stutzman rolling with him there in the flat. It's a simple pass and catch. There's nobody around him, and he just dances into the end zone touchdown. Well, the reason that I said, what are they doing in the water in Exeter Township, which now is not the time to bring up American water jokes. I hear them all the time. But Genuine Stutzman, 6'4", 205 as your uh, backup tight end, by the way. 6'6", 235 as Zach Zandier. And I don't believe the PAT was good. The producer, Chris, says no, it wasn't. So 27 nothing here at the 651 mark of the second. 27-0, as Darren previously said. Muhlenberg getting ready to go from right to left in front of us as they will, uh, yeah, they will actually pull Mikey Miller from uh, kick return duty. As he gets ready near the bench here, and it will be Cruz once again alongside Kyle Archie. One of the tallest and one of the shortest players on this team, both in the same backfield right now. Archie at 6'3", Cruz at 5'6". A whole nine inches separating them. Exeter about to kick it away for real this time as Frannick sets up. Puts the ball down on the tee. And you do talk about the size and the water and all that good stuff, but... Yeah, something classic such as this where you take a look at Muhlenberg's roster and the size and you compare that to Exeter. And it is something when you can bring in the, the, the second guy, when you can bring in the third guy and the size is there, it's something else. When you look at the Exeter offensive line as this one is picked up by, I believe, number 30. There he goes. That would be Javian Ortiz. Able to get across 30. Last year, when Joey Schlaffer was in the mix, you had 6'6 there. He went about 220. Then, of course, you still had Zach Zandier, who was probably maybe 6'4, pushing 6'5, 230. And then you still had Genuine Stutzman. Oh, by the way. 6'3 and 220. And yeah, it's just. Well, when even you just can your bring them in, you just wear them down. You just wear them down, and that's. That's the, the benefit that Exeter has right now. I mean, your lineman, you have Matt McConnell, who's six foot two fifty five. You have Chase Andier, again, who we talked about, it'll be coming up, 6'5", 303. Logan Wegman, 6'5", 246. So, I mean, you do have some decent size along that line. Yeah, Keegan sneering Sabatka, 6'1", 228. Add him to the mix. Handoff given to Mikey Miller. No gain on the play. Miller, his second carry for 11. Just trying to run him up the gut. Exeter's defense up to the task. Nate Govan, the second. Cameron Howazak. You got Logan Wegman out there. Absolutely. And I think it's Keegan next to Logan. Can't see his number, but if it's 59. 
Oh, what do they say? Can't teach size. That is the truth. Exeter has that in spades. Tyler Flanders over on the left side linebacker. Sapola trying to get some uh, movement with the hard count ends up, I think that was an absolute mistake. They hiked the football, and it just, like, died on the ground. Sapola just picked it up and took a knee, and I'm not quite sure what that was, but it's a loss of four yards. It'll bring up third and 14. Third and 14. Yeah, I think that was just him trying to go up to the line and bark out, and I think that his uh, hard snap, hard count was so good that he confused his own center. Casey Gerhardt in the game now for Exeter. A 5'10", 185-pound junior linebacker. Dotson in motion. He'll come across the formation now into the flat. And there's two guys right there. And he is ripped down immediately as he had no space there as Pharrell Caceres took care of him in quite short order. Yeah, Pharrell read that really well. Saw the screen on the right-hand side in the flat. Came flying up from his corner position to make the tackle for no gain. Bring up fourth and 14. Clock continuing to run after the uh, tackle inbounds. It'll be close to four minutes by the time that Exeter receives the football. They have Jaden Zandier and I believe Caceres waiting for it around their own 45-yard line. Muhlenberg still sending players onto the field. Finally get their punter onto the field. And they're going to have to take a timeout. There it is. We'll do the same. 4-11 left to play here in the first half. 27-0 in favor of the Exeter Eagles. Muhlenberg punting it away when we return here on the Mules and Exeter Sports Networks. You used to read his sports takes every morning in the newspaper. Now you can find Mike Drago stories in a new format on MikeDragoSports.com, a website dedicated to covering Burke's football inside and out all season and all year long. For four decades, Mike Drago has provided in-depth coverage of Burke's football. Now you can find it again at MikeDragoSports.com. Read feature stories about Berks County's top players, coaches, and teams. Mike's unequaled coverage is just a click away at MikeDragoSports.com. Subscribe today. It's the Mule Sports Network on Jerry Gallup Media. All 11 players out onto the field, and that kick is blocked. Picked up by Exeter around the 40-yard line. And hard to see exactly who it is. I think it's Alex Pinero, and it he is. gets inside the 10-yard line. Or inside the 15, I should say. And a flag on the far side of the field. Yeah, our producer Chris is saying a blindside block. We'll see if he's right. But that would pull it back significantly. Set flag down around the 25-yard line, so. They're going to mark it off from there. Still waiting for the referee to actually make his signal. Now, I'll say something about, because I've seen a lot of it, the type of punts that they do now, the soccer punts, where instead of just getting it and staying in the pocket, so to speak, and kicking it away, they want to run to the right. I think they, they essentially run into the defender. It's in, Obviously, you got to get the ball up in the air, and they want to kick a, a low-line drive, and they're basically kicking it right into somebody's helmet. 
Well, we've tried many an incarnation of punting the ball away here in Muhlenberg. Unfortunately, we've seen it. And again, it, it stemmed a lot from that Daniel Boone game. We saw it again uh, in the following weeks against Lebanon uh, with high snaps over their punter. And what they've done on a handful of occasions as the snap trying to go up the middle this time as for Alcaceras, no, nothing doing. But what we've seen them try to do is they're like, okay, we'll either they'll put their punter 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and then be like, ha-ha, we can't put the ball over his head now, can we? And he's been back like 20 yards. Snap it as hard as he can back to him. doesn't matter if it hits the ground. You're not putting it over his head. So we've seen that. And then we've seen the uh, the soccer kick here, trying to go sidearm a little bit. Pharrell Caceres tried to run it off the right side, but nice job. Romeo Grulin and Robert Mogul shutting him down, so no gain there. This time the handoff once again to Caceres, who's met in the backfield. Goodness gracious. Yeah, that's number 68. Take a look as far as who that is. It's uh, that would be, be Belanca. Tucker Belanca, that's right, a 5'11", 210-pound senior. Nice job firing through, taking him out. And it's a further loss. It's going to bring up third and 15. Well, they're going to say it was Rosenberry, but it was definitely Belanca and want the stop that time. And they get third and 15 as Caceres throwing it in reverse here. Jaden Ware split wide right on this one. Martinez looking to his left, throws down the seam, has a man off the fingertips of Stutzman. He's going to regret that one. That one thrown just a smidge out in front of him as he was going full bore towards it and just had his, has it go off the fingertips. That's one of those where you see that ball come in, you can see it on your fingertips, your gloves are straining to hold on to it, and it's just an inch too far. Man, with the gloves that they have these days, it's impossible to think that you couldn't just catch it with your fingertips. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, there was a you game. could have arthritis in your hands and still catch it with uh, the gloves that they have these days. There was a play last night during the NFL game where Jahan Dotson was on the near side. He basically catches a ball with three fingers. Athletes are fun. This one going up and above Kyle Archie into the end zone. It'll be a touchback. It was close. It, it barely, was really close. He, Archie was looking at it as if, oh, this thing's going through the goalposts, and it's strained to get over the goal line, but indeed it did. Yeah, barely inches over, and we'll go back for a touchback, bring out the Muhlenberg offense with 232 remaining here in the first, 27 nothing, in favor of the Exeter Eagles. Just struggling to get anything going against this Eagles defense. They're so good. They're so great at playing downhill. And once you get Exeter playing downhill against you, they're just impossible to run against and impossible to throw short against. So you have to pop the lid off and go over the top at some point in time as Miller, nice cutback, still running, still on his feet, finally tackled. And that's not Richie Karstein, but it is number six, Alex Pinero. That's a 20-yard run for Mikey Miller. Nice job staying on his feet. And I'll tell you what, that's arguably the nicest run that Mikey Miller has had the entire season. To who? Anthony. Oh. That was Anthony uh, Cachese right. listening gonna, in. We're going to give a shout-out to the Delaware Blue Hen, freshman Anthony Big Cheese Cachese. Good evening, Anthony. Great to have you with us this evening. Is Ann listening in, too? I'm sure she is. Two wide receivers split out to either side. Handoff once again is to Miller, and this time is counterplay 
is countered itself by Exeter as the defense stuffs them for a loss of a handful. You were talking about the Exeter defense, of course, that last play uh, notwithstanding. But on the season, through six games, they've only given up 65 points, and some of those, of course, have been in garbage time. So if you take a look at the first unit, uh, as far as the numbers that they're putting up, quite impressive. Hey, man, we saw it last year, and it was the same exact thing. They were allowing scores after the second uh, second team defense popping into games, uh, which you're going to have. This one throwing deep. Sapola going for Dotson. It clangs off both of them. The flag thrown down onto the field. We'll see what it is. That one looked like a 50-50 ball, and I think that we're going to have an uh, extracurricular after the play here. There's a second flag thrown onto the field. This is that where, one might be a sideline warning on Exeter. Well, this is where we actually say that the official uh, basically is hungry for his Snickers. Did you see where he <laughs> threw that flag from? He was back probably around the 32, 33-yard line, launches it to the, about the 47. He's got an arm. He, he, was, he was going to make sure that his flag was seen. So They're whenever, waving off the flag. Now, now there it, still is the other flag on the, on the field, and I'm curious... It, it was a, a sideline side warning. Yep. So there you go. So no DPI, but there is a sideline warning against Exeter. They'll warn both sidelines. I was surprised at the pass interference because it looked like it was essentially mm -hmm. a jump ball. Didn't it didn't look was. like anybody was hanging off of anybody. So nope. surprised to see that initial flag. Glad they waved that one off. That was the 12th pass play for West Sapola. He's 4 for 12 for 44 yards. Sapola will look at three wide receivers. Trips right. He'll look to his left this time. Alduena unable to catch it, and a flag thrown back in the offensive line. So, without a doubt, this one will be coming back. It may just be outright declined, quite honestly, by Matt Bauer. Probably will be. It'll and it is. Fourth and long. Fourth and 12 on the 38-yard line. Stops the clock with 106 remaining. It'll give the Exeter Eagles a chance to uh, potentially making it a running clock entering the second half. They would need eight points to do so, up 27-0. I think the hold was on Matthew McConnell right there as he tried to get up the middle, uh, ultimately got pulled from the side, dragged a little bit. If you can pull a six foot two, 250-pound guy. Kick is away. Kick bounces around the 41-yard line. Finally received by Zandir. Zandir takes it from nearly in front of the Muhlenberg bench now and all the way across the field in front of his own where he's finally taken down. That was one of those where he went about 20 yards to gain none. Indeed, and taking a look, Alexis Cantris, a 5'9", 165-pound sophomore, nice play, bringing down Zandir on the far side of the field. He'll be on the 26-yard line. Took like 14 seconds off the clock for that entire play. <laughs> Quite impressive there. Matt Bauer gathering everyone together. Matt Bauer, the son of Roger Bauer, who coached here at Muhlenberg from 1977 to 79. Matt Bauer played under John Yoakum. He's got that tutelage. He absolutely does. Muhlenberg looking to return to those glory days. One of the steps that they took this past offseason was adding in a brand-new weight room, which they've been hitting. So once you can do that and hit it daily, may not see it now, but certainly next year we can see a difference between these players as a 
play is stopped on the field, and it was John Lorchak taking a timeout here for Muhlenberg. Can't go home with him, so may as well take it. Might as well. And if Chris is ready, we can go to commercial. Chris is ready. Look at that. He's all over it. Good for him. 50.4 seconds remaining here in the first half. 27-0 Exeter. They'll have the football and decide what to do with it when we return here on the Exeter and Mule Sports Networks. Business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. It's the Mule Sports Network on Jerry Gallup Media. This time they try setting up a screen play, it looked like. They had Stutzman out into the flat, and Martinez just needs to spike it and get the heck out of there. Bring up second down. So going off kilt here, 13 years ago today, the Phillies' Roy Halladay pitched the second no-hitter in Major League Baseball postseason history. How about that? 13 years already. Against those dastardly Cincinnati Reds. One of the finest days ever in Philadelphia sports history. Absolutely. Actually, Major League Baseball for that matter. You don't have many postseason no-hitters, do you? Uh, not at all. <laughs> you got one in the World Series. That's true. Don that's, Larson. Yeah, that's, uh, 1954. And that's about it. <laughs> not... Not many to uh, to pull from there. Not at all. And, uh, you know, of course, Roy's first trip to the postseason. That's part of the reason why he joined Philadelphia after they traded for him, wanted to be in Philly, wanted to have a shot at a ring, and unfortunately came just a little too late for that. <laughs> but uh, his first postseason appearance throws a no-hitter. 47.8 seconds remaining. Exeter looking for their 21st victory in this series. Muhlenberg actually leads Exeter 27-20-1 in the overall series. Eagles, Eagles have were won the trailing. Last, <laughs> yep, they've won the last 12 <laughs> and 15 of the last 18. Martinez scrambling and takes a big pop. Everybody goes flying, and that was Wes Clemison coming up, and he also ran smack dab into uh, number 78, Jack Carmona. So he took 270 pounds <laughs> of mule right to that shoulder. Bounces that's, off and runs right over to Bauer for the play. That's going to be a situation where as he's getting the play, they're going to just remind him, don't <laughs> take those don't kinds of shots. Yeah. Don't do that. Go down early. You're our starting quarterback. You can't do that anymore. That's one of the things, as we know, when you're younger, you're invincible and you can do anything. <laughs> yeah, you get a little older, you realize, no, I can't. One wide receiver out there. They will run a play. This one dropped onto the ground, picked up by Zandir. Zandir. Gets taken down in the backfield, and good riddance. Let's go to halftime. Indeed, Torok does a nice job staying on him, drags him down, and we've reached triple zeros. There it is. It was a loss of five on the play. Would have brought up third and forever. They would have been backed up to Arby's trying to make that. Or no, actually, Arby's is the opposite direction. 
would have been backed up to shells. Uh, we'll say shells. Let's say shells. We'll, Temple we'll, we'll Walmart. Use a, we'll use a Muhlenberg Township Temple reference there. There you go. But twenty-seven nothing after twenty-four minutes of play is how it stands. Exeter leading going into the break. We'll take a break ourselves, and when we return, we'll recap the first half and take a look around the out-of-town scoreboard right here on the Muhlenberg and Exeter Sports Networks. Fumbling is confidence and wondering why the world is past him. season and the new birdies Inn is your place for all the big games featuring more than 30 tvs and nfl sunday ticket so you won't miss a single game college or pro 
entertainment every day of the week. Good food, good service, good prices, and great people. That's the new Birdie's Inn. Located at Five Points in Exeter, 160 Old Friedensburg Road, where they remind you to have fun and be kind. You used to read his sports takes every morning in the newspaper. Now you can find Mike Drago stories in a new format on MikeDragoSports.com, a website dedicated to covering Burke's football inside and out, all season and all year long. For four decades, Mike Drago has provided in-depth coverage of Burke's football. Now you can find it again at MikeDragoSports.com. Read feature stories about Berks County's top players, coaches, and teams. Mike's unequaled coverage is just a click away at MikeDragoSports.com. Subscribe today. The best Italian food in Muhlenberg can be found at Margarita's Restaurant and Bar, 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. You can get a great sit-down meal, pizza, sandwiches, burgers, wings, and so much more at Margarita's. The chicken and veal marcella are to die for, and the pasta is second to none. Plan your next meal or party at Margarita's. Stop in before or after the next game. That's Margarita's Restaurant and Bar. 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. Musso's Italian Restaurant in St. Lawrence brings the variety. Whether you want a sandwich, a burger, pizza, wings, or a full Italian dinner with seafood favorites, Musso's delivers the goods. Try their linguine pomodoro, fettuccine and shrimp, and yucky and meatballs or veal and chicken dishes galore. All cooked with care and at a family-friendly price. That's Musso's Italian Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue. Call 610-779-7300. That's 610-779-7300. It's the Mule Sports Network on Cherry Gallup Media. 27-0 here as you'll have the Exeter marching band serenading you in the background here. If you, if you feel us swaying a little bit, it's because we are enjoying. <laughs> there you go. Exeter and their offense, defense, whatever you want to pick on. Let's start with offense. Zayden Zandir, I have at 100 yards on about nine carries, 64 for Pharrell Caceres, two touchdowns to his credit. Martinez, three runs for three yards, and Stutzman with a 15-yard pitch and catch from Martinez, all adding up to 27 points. Yeah, indeed, and something that Exeter has the luxury of, and we talked about this and a lot during the season and, of course, in our pregame, Exeter just has absolutely so many weapons to attack you with. Not only Jaden Zandier and Pharrell Caceres, who have been the primaries in the back tonight, but Zamar Paschal could be back there. Zumar Boston when you need him. You take a look as far as the wide receivers, the tight end. You've got Genuine Stutzman. You've got Zach Zandier. You go to the edges. You've got Carter Redding. Uh, you've got a number of others. And uh, Nate Pashley. There are just so many weapons here that, and you put Riley Martinez back there uh, behind center. He's got the touch as we saw it going to, uh, let's see, Genuine Stutzman there going to Zach Zandier. And when you have that ability, you're going to spread it all over the place and a 27-0 halftime lead. 375.83 yards per game, which is second in Section 2. It's right up there in the entire Lancaster-Lebanon League. Uh, it only trails both Mannheims. Mannheim Township rolling along at a 409 yards per game clip. Good Lord. They are a juggernaut, yeah. <laughs> 
Somehow, I thought that we would be talking about Mannheim Central all year, and it's actually been the uh, the blue streaks that have been making more noise than the Barons have, believe it or not, uh, which is hard to believe when you have Zach Kahn, you have, uh, you know, Armold, you have Enterline, you have all these guys that are superb. You have Bodie Sippel. You have superb athletes on that Mannheim Central team, and uh, yet it's Mannheim Township doing all the dirty work at 409 yards per game. Twin Valley's up there, too. They're at 462 yards per game. Effort is at 400. We get to see them a little bit later in the season here, along with Conestoga Valley. But uh, Wyo at 411, Lancaster Catholic at 413. And, yeah, yeah, you got Exeter chugging along. And quite honestly, they're one of the better balanced teams in the entire section and league, for that matter. Central's pretty good. You got Hahn throwing for f- over 1,400 yards. And you have, you know, a running back attack. Uh, 871, but Exeter at 1320 on the ground, 935 through the air, and uh, you get the whole show here this evening. That's right, Exeter, as we mentioned, they've been averaging 220 yards on the ground. Riley Martinez around 170, 180 a game in the air. You've got that kind of firepower. Again, you can match up with the Mannheim Centrals, the Mannheim Townships as far as stats are concerned. So certainly, as Coach Bauer would say, you play them one week at a time. But if, of course, things stay the way they are, that Week 10 matchup with Exeter and Mannheim Central, that'll be a juggernaut. Well, it still hasn't happened here this afternoon, evening, I should say. That's true. Uh, Exeter, 10 interceptions, seven different Eagles picking off a pass. Not one here this evening, though there's still time. Sapola doing a good job of, uh, look, if his receiver's not going to catch it, nobody's catching it, which has been his mantra here this evening. Uh, if you look at the Muhlenberg stats, Sapola, yeah, four for 12, 44 yards, hasn't turned the ball over, which is important. Uh, he's gotten a couple of passes to Dotson and Miller. Uh, Dotson, two for 15. Miller, two for 20. Uh, Torque on the ground really hasn't been able to get it going. Mikey Miller's been a little bit better on the ground. He has 29 yards on four carries by my count. But uh, Muhlenberg's offense, they're trying. But like it has been the entire year, it's its really just been a struggle. Yeah, the, the one thing that when you talk about as far as what Muhlenberg had attempted to do, and of course they came out three straight passes, if there would be somewhat of a weakness of this Exeter defense, it's one of those where if the front four can't get to you, there are going to be some holes, maybe a little bit behind the linebackers, but there, you know, Muhlenberg has put together a few nice pass plays in some open areas, and there have been some holes in the secondary that Exeter has seen before as well. So something as they move forward and something they can certainly take out of this game is, okay, you know what? Okay, maybe they didn't throw for 300 yards, but there were plays that they found some openings. So at that point, something they can work on. Well, again, that's that's the depth of this playbook finally coming out, right? You struggle with it because you're coming into this season and Lorchak decides, hey, we're going to go from a run-heavy offense to a pass-heavy offense overnight because that's where our strengths lie. And you say, okay, that's all well and good. That's what you want to play to your strengths as much as you can. Uh, but unfortunately, that's just the way that this year has gone for them. And, you know, they're, they're gaining the experience. They're doing better. And you can see that in plays like that, right? That you can see, okay, now they're finally running something that if they're playing zone, they're going to sit in the middle of coverage and they're going to have an open spot to sit, right? That's finally something that they're getting more comfortable with. They've been running Mikey Miller on more crossing patterns. 
trying to allow him to utilize his athleticism to create separation on drag routes and crossing routes, uh, doing some mesh routes. You know, it's really, as you go along in this season, you see the development of the offense. Unfortunately, it's not quite as quick as, uh, as we would like uh, during a season. But again, they are learning a brand new offense this year uh, compared to what they've learned multiple years in the past where they were run heavy with Gio Carmona last year. And now you're saying, okay, this is where our strengths are. We're going to run the, we're going to throw the football. You're going to have some growing pains. And like I said, you're starting to see some of the good bright spots to come out of here. And again, you have a little bit of an opening against an Exeter defense that is susceptible to the pass. So, and like you said, as I look over the Muhlenberg roster here, a really young team. I mean, obviously there are some seniors, but the majority sophomores and juniors. And like you said, you're bringing in a new system. But here are guys that you can build around. You've got a nice core. You've got Mikey Miller, who's a sophomore. Yeah, and you grow into that system. That's exactly right. So you do have a core to build around, and certainly you use that to your best advantage. Well, unfortunately for tonight, 27 nothing is where it's going to stand yeah. uh, at the half. Let's give you some scores going on this evening in Section 1. Mannheim Township, 28. Cedar Crest, nothing at halftime. Wilson 35, Hempfield 14 there in the second. McCaskey has gone up on Redding 20 to 14 there in the second. In section two, Conestoga Valley 21, Governor Mifflin seven at halftime. I'm surprised that game's not over yet with how often those two teams run the football. <laughs> That's true. It may as well just be a running clock game. I couldn't agree more there. <laughs> That's true. If there are three total passes in that game, we'll be stunned. Of course, you've got our game, the 27-0 Exeter lead at halftime. Mannheim Central 35, 11-0. That's another one. Just Shocker. Have, just have the running clock right from the beginning. Right? Mannheim Central at home. Uh, they get to close out. I believe they're, is it their 600th uh, program they victory. Are, that's right. They were at 599 is. last week in the, when they won here at Muhlenberg. So they had a really good opportunity to do it at home, and I'm sure that their uh, big fancy LED lights are going to be flashing when they win. <laughs> Paid for by Mannheim Township taxpayers, or central taxpayers, should I say. We go to Section 3, Solanco <laughs> 7, Elizabethtown nothing. I'm it's, just trying to get Jerry wound up, that's all. If Section 3 matters to you at all, this one actually would. Two 6-0 teams. Yeah, how about that? Twin Valley and Garden Spot tied at 21 in the second quarter. There's another one you want to talk about running the football. I'm now actually Kai Harding over there with Garden Spot, probably mm. throwing it around a little bit. So we move to Section 4, Lampeter Stroudsburg 21, Berks Catholic 10 there at the half. Here's, actually it was a stunner. It was 14-0 at half. Why am I missing since on the board? It's Cocalico 14, Wyo 7. Yeah, and Wyo's had some close calls. They had one a couple of weeks ago, too. That Not that they were sleepwalking through anything. They're playing tough teams on that regular season schedule, and they nearly got caught. Absolutely. We'll see how that turns out. At halftime, it's Conrad Weiser 28, Donegal 22. Elko taking on Octorera, and, well, there's going to be a running clock after halftime. It's 42-0 Elko. We'll see if they hand the ball off to Jake Williams after halftime. I'm sure he has about 600 yards rushing in the first half. Mm -hmm. Section 5. Let's take a look. Uh, let's see. Anvil, Cleona, Lancaster Catholic. They're tied at 14 in the second. Schuylkill Valley and Columbia by the same score of Schuylkill Valley's win last week. 7-6. <laughs> they're in the second quarter. Hamburg 19, Peckway Valley nothing. They're in the second. Uh, Northern 11-28, Kutztown 7. They're at halftime. 
Other scores, Souderton destroying Warwick 41-7 there in the third. And Daniel Boone, an uphill battle, losing to Penn Manor at halftime, 14-10. And let's see, tomorrow, Fleetwood at Efforta. That's a seven o'clock game, but there are your scores. No Thursday night games. No Thursday night games. Actually learned that that was brought in this year due to a referee shortage. And you now have referees that are able to call games on Thursday and Friday. How about that? Sorry if you get a bad squad, though. It's just luck of the draw. We've had some interesting referee teams it, we, this year. We've certainly made our comments as far as the referee squads that we've seen. Certainly, Did I mention there's a shortage? Yeah, certainly not easy, but what are you going to do? It's, it's part of when you sign on. If, if you're not as good as you should be, you're going to ask for it. So, Well, let's take a uh, quick break here as Exeter finally exiting their locker room and about to break through, and I'm sure that they'll have to stretch or something. So <laughs> we'll let them do that, and when we return, we'll have the opening second-half kickoff right here on the Mules and Exeter Sports Networks. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. The new Birdie's Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the Oldies on Monday, Open Mic Tuesday, Trivia or Live Music on Wednesday, Thursday is Karaoke with Angie, and Live Music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdie's Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. It's the Mule Sports Network on Jerry Gallup Media. We are back in Laureldale, 12 minutes up on the clock. Final huddles from both teams. You heard our sponsors this evening. Got to throw it out to you, Margaritas. If you haven't been to Margaritas, what are you waiting for? Fantastic. The food, fantastic. The service, fantastic. Stop on by. You will not be disappointed. Of course, the new birdies in. Fantastic over there as well. The enclosed deck. They've got the Sunday ticket. I've gone over there and watched my team lose a couple times, and we're not going to mention anything else about that. Jerry watches his uh, Premier League team lose all the time there, too. <laughs> That's right. Can't talk bad about Brighton. What, what's, what, what's 95% of our broadcast has no idea who the heck I'm talking about right now. Okay, we'll even spell it for you in case you're really bored right now. B-R-I-G-H-T-O-N. That's right. In case you're <laughs> bored until we get to kickoff, take a moment, look it up, and I trust you, 
after you look it up, you'll still have no idea what we're talking about. Well, you'll look them up and you'll be like, "Oh, are they Manchester United? <laughs> nope, nope, they're a different team. Are they? Oh, are they Man United? Are they Man, U- are they Man, U- Man yeah. City? Man City? Nope, nope, different team. Yep. Is it? Is it? Uh, Brighton is the San Francisco of the UK. I'm not sure if that's really saying much. You know what? I I think our listeners would say, "Is it Nottingham Forest?" Before they would say, "Is it Brighton?" Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, right. insert <laughs> insert premier, and I don't apparently say premier correctly either, but insert premier league name here other than Brighton, and I promise you, you'll know more about them than you will Brighton. Wolves? I mean, there's literally a team called Wolves. <laughs> Just Wolves. Jerry chomping at the bit that he actually can't get in on this conversation. I know it's short for like Wolverhampton, but you know. Yeah. All right, so the ball on the team. Muhlenberg kicking off left to right. Yeah, sorry. I thought we'd time that uh, back from commercial a bit better. <laughs> Rudy Madueno is going to put it in the air. He does. It's a squib kick. Barely. It's taken at about the 26-yard line. It's actually Zach Zandier running through the Muhlenberg special teams. He's going to get across the 50. We'll see. I don't see any official actually marking the ball yet. Oh, there we go. Oh, there's one. Yeah, there's one. It's about the 47. There you go. Give or take. We'll call it the 48. What he said, first and 10 at the 48. It's hard to tell. I know. No hash marks. I, exactly. It's some of the beauty in calling high school games is trying to figure out where the ball's marked. Well, and it is one of the few grass stadiums still in existence here in Berks County. Almost everyone's moved over to turf. That is uh, true. We, we get two of these games a year. Is Here's a little confusion in the backfield. Martinez and Pharrell Caceres bump into each other. He is able to make the handoff, but there's a trio. Well, he almost handed it right off to Jeffrey Collado, a six foot one eighty linebacker, one of the sole, uh, one of the recipients of uh, you know now having ten more players on this roster year over year, fifty five players now for Muhlenberg, which means that Collado can focus on just being a linebacker, and it showed right there. So a seven yard loss. For Pharrell Caceres, it'll take the ball back into Eagle territory at the 45, second and 17. Martinez in the gun, Caceres behind him. He'll take the handoff. And a fumble. fumble. And, and Muhlenberg recovers. Jeffrey Collado on the ball. Martinez never had the ball in Caceres's gut. It's on the turf, and it's Muhlenberg ball. I don't know what is going on with the communication between those two, but, I mean, look. Caceres' last three runs prior to that play went for negative one, negative three, and negative seven yards, and then he fumbles on the next one. So those are four plays to forget here for Exeter. So not even a minute in here in the third, Exeter fumbles, Muhlenberg's on it. Yeah, it was the third Exeter fumble and the first one lost. Cipolla's in the gun. Tarek will be sidecar on his right. Two receivers left, three actually, and this one gets by Cipolla. He's being chased by Wegman, rolls to the left looking for some room. Gets bounced by Matthew McConnell, ultimately taken down by Tyler Flanders. Cipolla unfortunately cursed by not being able to get out of the doggone tackle box. 
as he was kind of trapped in there and realized, oh, I need to run this football. I can't get away with throwing it. Otherwise, I'll take a 15-yarder. So he ends up trying to weave his way through a whole bunch of jerseys of differing colors. Ends up getting stood up around the original line to scrimmage and finally driven back. Just yeah. an odd sequence of events, that's yeah, all. Yeah, through the whole thing as he's scrambling left and right trying to find the center, he loses one. So call it second and 11. That play almost doomed to start because he had to pick up that snap up off the ground. Ball on the 43. Sapola's in the gun. Fakes it to Mikey Miller. He's rolling right. Looks like he wanted to run with it. Pulls it down, but Tyler Flanders won't let him. Takes him down at the 50. Couldn't quite tell if he was supposedly kind of, I don't want to say the old uh, rolling right pretending to run and was going to throw it, but then he pulled it back down and Flanders was all over him. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Looking down the field, I'm not sure if he had somebody open, and that's why he thought for a split second to try to throw the football. And instead, he's going to end up losing about six yards on that one. So third and long. Ball on the 47-yard line. Sapola in the gun. Three receivers left, one right. He's looking. He fires it short. Taken down immediately shy of the 45-yard line. And he hits Isaiah Dotson coming across. It was just a little drag route. And look, on fourth or third and 16, you're throwing short of the sticks probably no matter what in that situation. But that one really short of the sticks. Dotson would have had forever to go even if he had open field. Javier Mayan is going to punt it away for Muhlenberg. Back deep, Nigel Meekins and Jaden Zandir. He takes the ball at the 15, makes a move at the 20, still dancing around on his feet. He's going to get the 30. He's got the 35. Stood up just shy of the 40. They'll probably give him the 39-yard line, a 29-yard return for Zandir, and that's where Exeter will take over first and 10. Ryan Rosenberry, the lone freshman on this Muhlenberg roster, coming up and making the stop 15 yards on the return, and that was one where you literally saw defenders flying at Zandir and bouncing off of him. I mean, you literally saw just bodies flying, trying to grab anything that they can. He's just so slippery once he gets... Uh, you know, between defenders like that, and he's just making people miss left and right. The speed of Jaden Zandier, I'll say, a little deceptive. You don't necessarily see it at first, but he can accelerate in a hurry. Before the snap, the officials call time. The referee here at the middle of the field will... Trying to sort things know. out. Jaden Zandier is going to go off the field. Your guess is as good as mine. I think, yeah, they were pulling Zandier off and trying to uh, put somebody else on. Aiden Rhodes comes into the game. No, they were trying to get, yeah, 6-1, junior wide out. Finally get him out there. He'll line up here on the near side. Martinez in the gun. Caceres behind him gets the handoff. He's got the 45, the 50, still running. He's brought down from behind by Ryan Rosenberry. But not until he's inside Mule territory. Give him the 44-yard line. So a 17-yard run 
for Pharrell Caceres. Well, that'll uh, break him out of that funk a little bit. Fumble on his last handoff, makes up for it with 17 on his ninth carry. I have him for 74. Zandier for 100. First and 10 on the 44. Here's a handoff again to Caceres. He's running off the left side. He'll get the 40. Take him down to the 38-yard line. It's a gain of six. It'll be second and four. Once again, just so good between the tackles that time. Not an awful lot of space, but just enough for him to squeeze through and able to get uh, basically half the distance to go. Winding down to seven and a half to go here in the third. Beautiful night in Laureldale for football. 70 degrees currently. Martinez in the gun's gonna hand it off again, but Caceres slips, can't hold on to it. Ends up covering it at the 40. But the fumbling woes continue. I can't quite pinpoint what it is either. I'm not sure if he's just getting so excited that he's arriving just a split second before he should. And I don't know if that's what, what's causing the miscommunication here because it just seems that uh, Martinez just doesn't have enough time to get it out cleanly after receiving the snap. So I think maybe it's just a matter of Caceres pulling back the reins a little bit, slowing it down and allowing Martinez to get a handle on, and this time he does. So Jaden Zandier actually in. He takes it, goes straight up the middle. He'll get the 25. He's inside the 25. See where they mark it. Looks like it's going to be a 16-yard gain. Put the ball at the 24-yard line. Yeah, once again, that was Zandier, and... I think, honestly, that might be what it is. Zandier that time, Martinez takes the ball in, out of the snap, has time to compose himself, hand the ball off, and I think that really it's just Caceres just being a little too jacked up little, on Mountain Dew. A little Dew. too aggressive, yeah. Martinez drops straight back. He's throwing it deep over the middle. Zach Zandier has it. He brings it in, and it's a touchdown for Exeter. Nice throw there from Riley Martinez, basically just firing it straight down the field. Zach Zandier has a few steps, brings it in. It's 33-0 Exeter. I have Martinez for a whopping three pass plays, 59 yards and two touchdowns. If that's not a perfect passer rating, I'm not quite sure what it would be. And that's what we didn't know what we were going to expect coming into this season, Ryan. Well, this makes two straight seasons you had that. It was a matter of Riley Martinez being the sophomore, not having any varsity snaps. Coach Bauer not sure if he was going to go with Nate Pashley to start off. In fact, the first series of the season, it was Nate Pashley. Here's Exeter going for two. Riley Martinez throws Got it him. to Jaden Ware on the outside. Got him. And it's good. Start the running clock at 6.05 remaining here in the third. 35-0 Exeter. That gives us time for a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mule and Exeter Sports Networks. Every team, every game, all season long. That's the kind of unmatched Berks County football coverage MikeDragosports.com brings to you, and it's just a click away. For profiles of the top players in Berks football, season previews of every Berks team, 
projections for every team in the Lancaster Lebanon League, team photo galleries, and history and stats you can't find anywhere else, turn to MikeDragosports.com. Take advantage of our seven-day free trial from now through the end of the month. Football coverage you can't find anywhere else. That's MikeDragosports.com. Jake Frannick puts a squib down on the right-hand side. It's picked up inside the 20, actually, as he picked it up. Yeah, mercifully, they blow that one dead. He wanted to make the best out of whatever he was going to get there. Javion Ortiz picks it up, and uh, he had a knee down on the ground as he was picking it up. So that was probably for his best interest at that point. It probably was. We've got a shout-out for you. So Jake Torok, of course, the running back for Muhlenberg, his grandma, Robin Bailey, I believe may be listening. So we're going to throw it out to her as far as, hi, Mom. Hi, Grandma, I should say. Hi, Mom. Listen to me. I, I set it we up just perfectly. just have all the shout-outs And then this I evening. blew it. Yeah. So, hi, Robin. Hope you're doing well. And congratulations on your son and, uh, of course, his playing for the Muhlenberg Mules. All right. We're back to game time. 5.15, a running clock. Here's a run to the near side. Going to bring it across the 30-yard line. It's going to be at least a 13-yard run, maybe 14. But they give the handoff to Isaiah Dotson. Yeah, 16 yards. I'll actually call it a catch because it was a pop pass. But I was, yeah, that was. I, I was looking up after the callout, so I'm, it's I'll, technically. I don't know. Whatever. So Madden, uh, Madden whatever, says it's a pass, so I'm calling saw, it a pass. If, if Madden says it's a pass, it mm -hmm. obviously is. The NFL calls it a pass. There All right, you go. So that brings it out to the 32-yard line, first and 10 for the Mules. So pull in the gun. There's the snap. It's a handoff going right up the middle. There's some room. Give him the 35. Looks like they gave it to Mikey Miller that time. Miller having some success running the football here this evening. Smielenberg has found something here with Mikey Miller. They've struggled all year trying to figure out how to put the ball in his hands. They really have. And you can see how deep they've gone down through the playbook. And now we're finally starting to reap the benefits a little bit as he's touching the football an awful lot here this evening. Two catches, five carries, and he's in the backfield once again. That's something we heard a lot in the preseason. So here is Sapoli. He's flushed out of the pocket, running left. How is that grabs him, is able to pull him down. It's going to be a big loss. Inside the 25-yard line. Yeah, he has to feel the pressure, and he has to know when to throw the ball away and live to see another day because you're sitting here at second and short, second and five, and now you take the sack, and you're way out of, out of range because that is a massive sack that takes him back just shy of 10 yards. So not only do you lose the five that you gained on first down, but now you're sitting back another, what, seven yards back behind the original line of scrimmage. It's just those are the kinds of things that coaching staffs have to ingrain into your culture that, hey, you feel that pressure, you're outside the tackles, throw it away. Make it third and five, not third and 19. Yep, 14 yards on the loss. Here's a pass. It's incomplete. Going to Dotson on the right side, but tipped seemingly at the line of scrimmage. It falls incomplete. It'll be fourth and long, and the Mules will kick it away. 2.40 with a running clock here in the third. 
They will punt it away. Oh, I'm being told, oh, punting is the approach. They're going to kick it away. They're going to kick it away. It's the same thing. This is why we don't Punt normally kick. have uh, kids producing their father's <laughs> broadcasts. <laughs> That's all right. We'll have that conversation later. I'll, I'll, I'll ground him. It's okay, it's okay because he's not my kid, so I'll, I can deal with it. I'll but. take the car keys away. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the punt. He gets it away. Another low-line drive. It's uh, Jaden Zandier, I think. No, oh, no it's, it's Meekins. actually Nigel Meekins. Trying to see the three or the two from the side is a little difficult. Anyway, he brings it into Mule territory inside the 40. Take it to about the 40, I'm sorry, the 37-yard line. Now, we haven't heard much out of Nigel Meekins. Neither no. as a wideout or, uh, I mean, honestly, they haven't been targeting that much either. But they, as far as Nigel, specifically using him on defense, you've seen him uh, at the defensive back spot, mm -hmm. not really much on offense uh, as far as this year. We're under a minute and a half to go. Again, a running clock. Zumar Boston. In the game now. It's a handoff, though, to the up man, which is Genuine Stutzman. He'll fight his way to the 35-yard line. It'll be a gain of two, second and eight. Clever, but not clever enough, as they do the dive play off of that, fake the pitch option. Just not quite there, as looks like uh, Aiden Dobble into the game as well. Martinez will sprint it in from the sideline under a minute to play here in the third. Exeter taking their time, breaking the huddle, finally getting over the ball. Martinez will be in the gun. Boston will be behind him. Here's the snap. It's going to be a handoff to Boston. He's running right side. He's got room. It'll be a first down. Puts his head down, delivers a blow. Something about Zumar Boston. He can accelerate in a hurry. That's going to be a first down, I think. They haven't moved anything yet. Actually, it's going to be third and apparently less than a yard. Yeah, and he's not a big kid either. I mean, you're talking about 5'7", 170 out of the running back position. He's not nearly as big as the other running backs, but still equally as effective. Exeter decides to let the clock run out. We've played three full here in Laureldale, 35 nothing Eagles. We'll be right back with fourth quarter action after these messages. You're listening to the Mule and Exeter Sports Networks. The best Italian food in Muhlenberg can be found at Margarita's Restaurant and Bar. 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. You can get a great sit-down meal, pizza, sandwiches, burgers, wings, and so much more at Margarita's. The chicken and veal marcella are to die for, and the pasta is second to none. Plan your next meal or party at Margarita's. Stop in before or after the next game. That's Margarita's Restaurant and Bar. 3600 Kutztown Road in Laureldale. It's the Mule Sports Network on Jerry Gallup Media. 12 minutes up on the board, running clock the rest of the way here. As Exeter lines up, Martinez in the gun. He has Boston right behind him. And they ultimately gave him the first down. Gave him the first down anyway. Handoff is to Boston. Boston 
between guard and tackle, shrugs off two defenders, and finally drugged down by number 52, Josh Vargas. Just giving him the ball right up the gut, a 16-yard run for Boston. And that's one where just the size of the offensive line, Logan Wegman, Nate Govan, the second. Taking a look, of course, the McConnell brothers, Ryan and Matthew. Same formation as they have Stutzman in there as kind of an H-back. Handoff is to Boston. He'll follow Stutzman. Now curves up the middle, and he'll be close. He's inside the five. Yeah, Shifty's one way to describe him is he's just moving and shaking his entire way through that line. And that's what we've talked about with Exeter. It's next man up, next man up. And there really isn't a drop-off. Uh, certainly, you know, Jaden Zandier has been a, a great surprise as far as this year. And you know what? Actually reading some articles as far as from over the summer, him winning some competitions as far as locally and things of that nature. So mm -hmm. Coach Bauer not necessarily surprised. But again, Exeter always has that next guy to step up. Same formation. They'll run off the right side and untouched goes Boston. Two yards for the score makes it 41 nothing. Yeah, again, it's just a matter of mano a mano. We're going to give the ball <laughs> to the running back. We're going to let our offensive line push you around and virtually untouched as he goes into the end zone. And a flag thrown. It was in the direction of Exeter, and we're going to have a sideline warning once again. I believe that's going to be against Muhlenberg. Or no, it will be against Exeter. He yeah. pointed towards, I, I think the towards official, Muhlenberg. Yeah. But <laughs> Exeter already has a sideline warning, which means that that was a five-yard penalty. It'll mark him back. We'll have the ball boy run his Snickers out to him. I guess. Robbie Gaston waiting for the hole from Jaden Ware. Kick is up. And the kick is punched through the uprights. 42-0, that magic number that we've been hitting oh so often here as of late in Muhlenberg. Last two games have been 42-point losses. And if the score stays the same, it would be three straight. It's as if there's some type of prerequisite that says if you come to Muhlenberg or you have a blowout win, it's 42. That 42 apparently points. is nothing, the number. Nothing more, nothing less. Right. I did see a few 49s, but apparently they didn't count. They well, actually, that one was 49 to 7, so it was a 42-point oh, 42 point differential. Difference. Okay. <laughs> Good go. point. Be uh, remiss if we didn't mention our uh, dear friend and colleague Patrick Wider who was uh, not with us this week wouldn't have been anyway because Darren and I were always slated to uh, to split the broadcast but um, if Patrick were here uh, unfortunately Patrick did lose his father this past week uh, so he will be uh, traveling we may or may not have him next week and uh, if we need to we'll make do without him but our uh, best wishes and positive vibes thoughts prayers Whatever you uh, have to offer, uh, you can offer them up for the wider family as they uh, suffered a loss this past week. Absolutely, Patrick. We're thinking about you, buddy. Safe travels, and again, our thoughts and prayers go out to you and your family. Ball falls off the uh, kicking tee here as the Eagles set to boot it away. Now finally, Frantic has a ball that'll stay upright on the tee. Line drive kick, spiraling, and Muhlenberg trying to trap it. 
Finally picked up by Cruz. Cruz reversing field and swallowed up around the 20. Yeah, not a whole lot of room there. Tried to get to the middle of the field. Nothing there. Tried to come to the left and hemmed in, and down he goes. It was every door that he was opening was <laughs> it, You <laughs> keep trying. One. Give him credit for trying. Yeah. Here are a few scores real quick. Manheim Township 35, Cedar Crest nothing there in the third. Wilson 35, Hempfield 14 there at the half. McCaskey 20, Reading 14, that's at the half. i got to tell you, there's only one score that I'm interested in. Which one's that one? That would be that one. 21-7, Calico over oh. missing. end ah, of the third quarter. End of three, that's right. That's the only one I really care about because, what, Wyo's somewhere in the mix for almost 40 straight regular season victories. Once again, a pop pass. That'll be incomplete, and we're going to have a flag thrown. And I think he's picking up that flag. <laughs> At this point, 9.37 with a running clock, I'd pick well, the flag up too. And I'm not quite sure what he was going to call because Miller obviously drops what is a pass. It is a forward pass out of the backfield I'm wondering on that if he was, pass, so. was going to call intentional grounding. Oh, I have no <laughs> idea. If he didn't see the well, receiver. Even, well, even still he could But he's he right there, yeah. Yeah, well, even still he couldn't. He'd be corrected because the receiver obviously was in the vicinity. He was within a few inches. Right. So... No excuses, play like a champion. 9-12 remaining here in the fourth. Two wide receivers split out to either side. Sapola in the gun. Miller alongside him. Miller, little midline screen, and he's going to be met immediately and ends up falling over <laughs> as uh, he gets a nice little shove there from Richie Orfield. There you go, 5'5", 140, a sophomore. As a linebacker. So there you go. You want to talk about playing big. The screen in the middle, he came up, drives him back. Yeah, Miller's not exactly small. He's not the biggest player out there, but he's also not small either. Is that one just... 6'1", 180? Yeah. Torek in the backfield, trips right for Sapola. Sapola. Looks to his right, fires out into the flat, has Kyle Archie. And Archie, a pass good enough for about four yards, and that's about it. Throwing it on the far side, haven't seen much of uh, Archie tonight. It's been, for the most part, Michael Miller and Isaiah Dodson. Mikey, sorry. Mikey. Mikey. Mikey Miller. I have to remember the life cereals. That's how I'm going to remember. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. There you go. So that's how I'll try to remember Mikey. My apologies. I'm sure that's exactly why he picked that nickname. <laughs> Just clicked for him one day. You know, you know what? I'm going to use, what was that, 70s? Watching old-time commercials. <laughs> it's like that, that a one. 70s or an 80s life commercial? Uh, it very well could be late It's probably 70s. both. Yeah. Punt is away. This one's a short one. It's not going to make it across midfield. Taken in. And on a fair catch there is uh, number 21, Justin Prizer. He has two numbers on this roster, and I'm going with the second one because there is no other number 21 on this roster. I'm glad you went with it because he's not on my roster. Uh, he's number 11 slash 21. Ah, there you go. Here. So there okay, you go. He's yep. 11 slash 21 right. on yours as well. See, and that's why you looked for it, and I'm going right to 21 thinking, oh, I don't have a 21. My eyes were just scanning that page. Zach Zandier does the same thing. He'll be 80 or 88. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what has to happen for him to be either, but probably whichever jersey is cleaner. 
Out of the gun into the game is Jacob Hafer, the sophomore quarterback, and he takes a keeper that time and gains a handful. Second down. Yeah, one of those just run the clock out, six and a half to go. He takes the snap, puts one foot in the ground, runs straight up the middle. Picks up about seven. It'll be second and three. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it on the scoreboard. Seven on my score sheet here. It's not bad. Design QB draw play that time. Two wide receivers split out to the left. Is Boston in the backfield, in the gun. Big, heavy formation up front, though. They got everybody along that line of scrimmage. The handoff would have gone to Boston off left tackle, but instead, flag thrown. It'll be a penalty against Exeter. Marching back. It'll be a procedure. Walk them back five, but you're right. Talk about going heavy, and that's over. <laughs> Are you kidding? That's got to be – that's over like 1,300 pounds on the offensive I mean, line. Look, we, we talk about how big Exeter's offensive line is, but I was reading up on uh, Twin Valleys as well, and Twin Valleys is really darn impressive. Their offensive line – for a, what are they, Section 3? Section 3 Twin Valley. And we'll get to that then as tripped up in the backfield was Hafer. Yeah, nice play, Jeffrey Collado. He comes in off the left side, able to take down Hafer for a considerable loss. Yeah, will lose about five on that one. Make uh, it third and about 11. But taking a look at, like, Twin Valley's line, they have a senior guard at 6'4", 295, junior tackle 6'6", 295, both with scholarship potential. And their over, overall O-line is 6'3", 281. Jeez. For a Section 3 team, by the way. And then their uh, H-back, Ian Winchester, is 6'2", 265, running behind that line. That's Derek Henry at the high school level. Sheesh. Good Lord. Sheesh. Once again, Hafer cutting up the field. Flag thrown on the play as... A man down behind it most certainly was held as Jeffrey Collado once again in the mix picks himself off the turf. I think a little that's uh, that. hitching his giddy up too, but he was uh, most certainly held in the backfield. I think that was pretty funny. He the, the the ref threw the flag. Here you go, a little humor for you. The ref threw the flag. Probably ended up around oh let's say the uh, Eagles forty-five, and then he felt like it wasn't far enough, so he picks it up again and throws it about two yards to the center of the field. Yep. <laughs> it's like, well, I want to make sure everybody can see it. <laughs> well, that is actually for them spotting the ball post-play as well because it is from the spot of the foul. So if it happened at the uh, – he had originally marked it at the 48, moved it up to the 50. So the foul is spotted from – well, li- it's actually going to be from the uh, 48. It's a 10-yard penalty. I like mine anyway, my reasoning. <laughs> Once again, design QB power and another flag thrown here. As Exeter dragging down defenders to the ground here, going to get called for another hold more than likely. Is that Zach Zandier's great-grandfather listening in from Clayton, North Carolina? There you go. Thank you. Welcome in. Yes, welcome. No, it's the old, you get to a certain point in life, and you can you can see with glasses so far, and I don't need my glasses to read, and that was just perfect that I couldn't see it. You are pre-bifocal. I, oh, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting bifocal. Wyo trailing 27 to 7, 633 remaining, and it looks like that uh, mighty win streak might be fallen here this evening. It's a handoff here to Boston. Boston was basically arm-in-arm arm running alongside Elijah Moore. 
And both of them get tackled. Nice job, Fourth Alexis down. Cantris. He actually had an offensive lineman on him, reaches out with the left arm to bring down Boston. A three-yard gain makes it fourth and 29, a far improvement from third and 32. The clock is briefly stopped here. I would imagine it should be running. There it goes. Guess what the Mannheim Central Lebanon score is. Mm, ugly? One guess. <laughs> well, guess. it was 42-0 at halftime. And so. it still is. That's right. <laughs> Which is kind of hard to believe. Mannheim Central does not sub out their players. Uh... Zach Hahn has all but one snap at quarterback this year for Mannheim Central, and you want to know what it was? They were down in Dover, Delaware, playing the state champion down there, and it was the last play of the game. Hahn was injured, so they bring in his backup, and he tosses a, a uh, tosses it up. Yeah, Ray Lewis tosses up a touchdown pitch and catch to Aaron Enterline, threw it into triple coverage. He goes up, comes down with it, and scores for the winning touchdown. That's the one and only time that Zach Hahn has not thrown the football this year. <laughs> Bryson Armold has the lion's share of carries for that team. And then Enterline, same thing. It's really him and Sipple uh, receiving the football. So, you know, they, they just don't sub out guys. They let them rack up their, their stats. And that's why Armold is closing in on 1,000 yards rushing again. Hans around 14, almost 1,500 yards passing. And they just keep, keep letting them rack it up. Yeah, the fact that you're at 5, 6, week 7, and you're, you're basically at, Almost 1,500 yards is crazy. Punt is away. It's a good one. Fair catch given. Diving for that one and making the play was Cruz. That's right, Navian Cruz. Clock will continue to run. We'll get about two Muhlenberg plays out of this, and that'll do it. 42-0 in all likelihood will be the final score here this evening. Muhlenberg would, will move to 1-6. and six. They will travel mercifully to Warwick, who we thought were going to be better than what they have proven to be here. They Again, they played well against Exeter, but this week, doing poorly. Uh, they'll come in with just one win to their credit as well. As in the gun. I believe we might be seeing, uh, no, it is still Sapola. Sapola throws it out to Malduena, and Malduena boots it. Ball falls incomplete. Sapola eight for nineteen this evening. About yeah, tried 60, to hit him on the yards. far right flank, and but yeah, Muhlenberg will go on the road. They will travel to Lidditz to play Warwick in a league matchup here. Won't count for much in the section. Just kidding. That's next week. That's next week against Ephrata. Uh, Muhlenberg at Warwick, 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll be on at 6.45, and then Exeter. They will be at home taking on the Hempfield Black Knights, just like he said, 6.45 for the pregame. Well, weirdly enough, I now know that Cedarcrest will play McCaskey next week. <laughs> I'll have that burned into my memory as Sapola and Miller moving it forward. Miller, a good job there, gain of 7, and that will do it. Clock will wind inside 12 seconds. No interest in uh, running another play. This one finished by a final score of 42 to nothing. So we'll make it three straight weeks here for Muhlenberg of 42-point losses. Last week, similar score line. It was 42 to nothing to Mannheim Central, 49 to seven against Muhlenberg the week before that. 
Just an interesting uh, stat to throw out there, but it'll make it 10 straight victories for Exeter, 21st victory in their overall series, which Muhlenberg still leads, but again, 10 straight here for Exeter. As uh, never really in doubt. It was a little close there in the first quarter, but uh, after Exeter started getting rolling, really tough to stop that train. And that's what we've talked about, where Exeter, and they, they basically shoot themselves in the foot with a penalty here or a bad play, a fumble, whatever the case is. For whatever reason, takes them a little bit of time to get it going, but once everybody does have their head in the game and they're all in the right direction, then the points just come on 21 nothing before you know it and as we've talked about they've got such weapons on the offensive side of the ball that it can happen so quickly taking a look at some of the stats and i know that they're uh, more than likely incorrect you can get your stats on lancaster online or mike drago or wherever you, you catch those but Jaden zandier really uh the difference maker here he had a 27 yard touchdown run on his sixth sixth carry uh finishes with a run of 16 yards to finish with 10 carries, a buck 16 above his average. Uh, he was unstoppable here once he got going, which was literally right from the first time that he touched the football, 11 yards, 17 yards, and he came out here with a bang. Jaden Zandier just has the speed right off the get-go. He just he runs literally like a gazelle. He's got some height. Just the fact that he can stretch those legs out, the acceleration, the way he can cut, the dynamic ability that he has out of that backfield. And then, of course, you talk about Pharrell Caceres, who's a more of a power runner, maybe between the tackles. But at that point, how are you going to set your defense up to say, okay, you know what, <laughs> watch the ends for Jaden Zandier. But when Caceres is in there and you've got that offensive line doing what they can do, really, really tough to guard. Caceres, by my count, 80 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. This evening, uh, Boston with a touchdown as well, and Martinez tossing for two. I have him for th literally three pass attempts <laughs> the entire evening. Completed all three. One to uh, one for 20 yards, uh, one to Zandier for 24 yards and a score, and one to Stutzman for 15 yards and a score as well. And that's something Exeter, as far as a bonus to be able to rely on, is if they need him to throw, he can throw. If you don't need him to throw, that's okay too, because then obviously you know the run game is doing what it needs to do. Uh, last week, I think maybe 15 throws. I think that's what he generally averages as far as most games. But in games like today, again, if you don't need him, and when, when you do, look at that. He's right on target as far as hitting genuine Stutzman for the TD and down here, Zach Zandier. So when you need him, he can show up too. Muhlenberg on the flip side. Uh, Torek, not really much to speak of. They really went away from him in the second half as they were trying to throw the football more often, and uh, they certainly attempted to. Uh, they completed five passes. Dotson with three of those catches. Miller with two. Uh, Miller, by the way, on the ground also did a pretty decent uh, night's work in very limited action, but it's nice to see him working out of the backfield. They had been working him out of the slot an awful lot and just unable to get the ball in his hands. This time, a little bit more direct. You can hand the ball off to your best athlete on the field. And uh, he ran for about 34 yards on uh, six carries by my count. It's probably going to be a little bit more by the end of it, but uh, you know, a, a decent night there for Mikey Miller and one of the bright spots here for the Mules. And certainly, again, a bright spot, something to look forward to as this season progresses and, of course, uh, future seasons. The fact that he's a sophomore, you've got a lot of young talent out there. We talked about it during the game. So 
good to see as far as Mikey Miller. I think the challenge is, again, Muhlenberg trying to find their identity. How are they going to, to, to use Mikey Miller the best that you can to get the most out of him? Whether or not they're there yet, that might be questionable, but certainly a talent that they can build with. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, the offensive line work as well. They do have some some big kids on there, but they're also young. They have, it, I believe, three sophomores on that offensive line. So you're going to get pushed around. You're going to get uh, beaten up, take your knocks a little bit. But, again, they put in that weight room. You send those kids there every single day. You send them there over the summer, and they come back next year looking completely different along that offensive line. And I think that's the hope for Muhlenberg moving forward, right, is that obviously they're not here this year. They're 1-6. They're not going anywhere, but – that core that they have, you're looking for that week-over-week improvement. And they've been – the scoreboard may not have uh, indicated that, but their defense has shown up to play virtually every single week. And if they're not making uh, stops, it's tough against these running backs. But they've been doing well enough against top-tier teams that if the offense was clicking on a little bit different cylinder, some of these games might be a lot closer uh, than obviously 42 nothing, But – when you can't run the football, you can't control the clock, you can't take the ball out of good teams' hands, you're going to run into score lines like this. And that's just what happened here this evening in a uh, 42-0 uh, loss here for Muhlenberg, or victory for Exeter, depending how you're listening. And I think it's important for Muhlenberg to remember, look, when, when Coach Matt Bauer was on the scene, showed well, up at Sunshine Exeter, and it was the same situation where yeah. young teams, they were taking a beating. Their, their records, of course, if they got one or two wins a season – so over the course of the last 15 years, he was able to slowly turn it around, develop a program. Again, the youth program is certainly going to say a lot for you, but he was able to take that program to where it is now. So certainly throwing that out there for Muhlenberg fans as far as players, coaches, what have you, is that you're right. Right now you're going through the growing pains, but you do, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, have that young team. You can mold them into what ultimately you need and – you know, maybe in a year or two, you're looking at a totally different squad. Well, I think that's an important thing for John Lorchek as head coach here, too. He's in his fourth season. And, you know, really, these sophomores are essentially one of his first, like, classes that he can kind of call his own. You know, they came in before they before he was head coach. Uh, you know, they were still in middle school, I should say, when he was brought in as head coach. And now he gets to grow with these kids. He introduces them to a new playbook this year, right, as sophomores. And it's a playbook that you would have to imagine they're going to grow with now over the next couple of seasons. So once you get the players to buy in, you get that growth, you get the weight room, hopefully add a few more players to that roster between this year and next year. And, again, that slow incremental improvement uh, from Muhlenberg, I think that you'll start to see it really set in. Uh, beginning next year when a lot of these guys are juniors. Certainly, and like you said, just watching as far as Sapola back there at QB, uh, again, Mikey Miller and watching some of the other younger skill players that there is a lot to build with here. It's mm -hmm. it's not as if it's not as if no, the cupboard's not bare. Like like it's a Lebanon, and 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 I don't say that rudely. I simply say it because Lebanon. Oh, their, you struggle to program, pick out one player. Yeah, their program starts at the eighth grade level, so yeah. for them to be able to develop something is challenging. Muhlenberg certainly not in that that situation. So, a lot of positive things to look for on the Muhlenberg end again with the younger talent they have and the skill players that they have who are younger. Most certainly. I think that'll pretty much uh, wrap this one up. I think it will. Already? Already. Yeah, sorry. 
We're not here to we're not here to challenge Bob McCool to a duel. So <laughs> I'm sure WEEU, whoever they're calling tonight, they're probably going to be on the air for the next half hour. So if you're interested in their game, I'm sure they'll be on till about ten o'clock. You know, wait a minute though. You mentioned something. Let me let me just look around a second. Hold on. Uh, you know what I don't see? I don't see them. Oh, which which that. you know what that means? It's because Jerry Gellif Media with the Exeter Sports Network. And the Mule Sports oh, here Network. Comes the plug. That's right. We go where everyone usually doesn't. We're there. We're bringing you Muhlenberg and Exeter football like no one else does. No, we hit the road with the team. I mean, that, we don't take that's the bus. Exactly we drive right. ourselves like grown-ups. But, you know, we go there. We're in a press box. We have headsets on. We tell people that we're press. We're very important. No, but what we've done here, especially on a uh, on a very small level, is you know certainly take these kids and promote the heck out of them Absolutely. because they they really deserve it. I mean, as long as we've been doing this, and I've been doing this with Jerry since 2020, we've yet to come across a bad kid, right? Everyone that we talk to, post game recaps, post game interviews, stuff like that, they're just all good kids, and they all deserve our praise, adulation, and support. And that's really what this is all about is is supporting. All of those kids out there playing their hearts out. And, uh, you know, I would love to do the same for a, a chorus concert if I could. It would be kind of boring. But, uh, you know, there you go. Do a, po- do a podcast. Take your, take your microphones, do a choir concert. And there you go, see? Jerry, Jerry Gellif Media, man of the people. I, I couldn't agree with you more as far <laughs> as when, when this whole thing got started. The whole idea was to promote the athlete Mm -hmm. and look we've been absolutely blessed to be able to see some incredible kids like you said we we haven't seen one that's disrespectful to us or anything like that really really good kids out there giving it their everything we've seen some really fantastic players joey schlaffer nick singleton of course what what you know he's Mm -hmm. doing right now but even everybody out here even the one kid who this is going to be his stage he's not going to go on to the next level but we're able to let the listener know that, hey, you know what? He's given it his all out there. Even if it's a mention or two during one of our broadcasts, we, we hope we can just bring that, uh, that light to you and, again, promote these kids the best way we can. Listen, man, we have great grandparents listening in from North Carolina. So that's, uh, that's part of the reason that we exist is to bring a game that's here in Laureldale, Pennsylvania, to North Carolina, to really anywhere in the, in the world. In Bermuda, there you go. Bermuda, yeah, and you know, down in North Carolina. Go ahead, put on a you know a little more suntan lotion for us. It'll be good. <laughs> Lucky, but yeah, let's uh, close up shop here. Forty-two nothing, your final score, and uh, Exeter will move on, still undefeated. They will play Hempfield next week at home, six forty-five. Darren will be on the call. That's right, and you have got Warwick next week. We are on the road. 45. They will head down to Lidditz. Last road game of the year here for the uh, Road Warrior Muhlenberg Mules. <laughs> Wasn't kidding. Looking at that schedule, it was like, oh, we're going to have one game at home, and then we're going to spend an entire month on the road. And then, uh, well, next year it'll flip-flop, actually. So we'll be here an awful lot during the beginning of the season. It'll be shorts weather here in Laureldale. And, uh, no, it, it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. So, Ultimately, we'll be here uh, 6.45 start time as well uh, in Lidditz. 
provided that they allow us. And if not, we'll uh, find somewhere in the stadium to. Uh, oh, we're all set. They're yeah. they're great people. If not, down we'll just there. find somewhere to go sit and call the game from a parking lot. I don't care. They're they're fantastic. They will accommodate you anything you need. They they were fantastic. Do they have better food than margaritas? I conclude that they probably don't. Nope. Probably not. Now yeah. there you go. That's all I needed to hear. I'm out. I'm throwing off my headset. <laughs> Now, thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, thank you to uh, Jerry for throwing all this together, finding the sponsors. Thank you to those sponsors. Uh, and, you know, 42 nothing. Your, uh, your final score will be with you on our separate channels next week. But for uh, one brief week, it was really nice being next to, uh, to Darren, calling like old times. I'll tell you what, it is fantastic. Ryan, always a pleasure. Didn't even miss a beat, did not, we? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Just fantastic to come out here and bring football games. Putting a shout-out to Chris. together. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> there you go. Got the Blues Brothers. That's exactly who we are. But, again, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. We'll see you on our separate stations next week uh, on behalf of Jerry Gallif Media. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Exeter Football on the Exeter Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by the new Birdies Inn, located at Five Points in Exeter, MikeDragosports.com, the best high school sports coverage in Berks County, and Margarita's Pizzeria in Laureldale. Join us next week when the Eagles host the Black Knights of Hempfield. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gelliff Media. Good night. Good night.